are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime. Prime time. It's XL Prime Time featuring Joe C. Why in the world am I sitting back and being quiet about this? Matt Hayes. Suck it up, Buttercup. Mia O'Brien. My nose just decided to start bleeding. And Leon Searcy. Now you're yeah. just talking Tom Fuller. Yeah. Yeah. How you like me now? How you like me we now? love Fridays. There's no doubt about it. Being out and about is also good. Welcome to XL Primetime on the road. Players Grill Mandarin right here in the heart of uh, all of our Mandarin Nooners that listen every single day. San Jose Boulevard, real easy to find. In fact, it's the home of the fifth quarter, and there's all sorts of things going on here that you can enjoy when it comes to your football happiness, and that's really what it's all about. You've got a championship game tonight in the Pac-12. You've got an entire day of championship football tomorrow in college football. We're going to go through them all, and then we're going to get ready for the NFL slate, and then your Jaguars on Monday Night Football. But we've got to start. Ladies and gentlemen, with what happened last night, the Dallas Cowboys, what kind of statement are they making? How good are they? Uh, they ended up uh, in, in, in a scoring fest, Leon, last night against the Seattle Seahawks. So let's start there because we're going to talk all things football today. That was a hell of a game last it, night. It was. It was a, the most impressive Thursday night football game I've saw, seen all year. I, I going think Al Michaels agrees with uh, you. Yeah, absolutely. Al actually stayed awake. <laughs> he yeah. did, absolutely. No nodding from, the, from Al. But, yeah, it was, a, it was a good game. I mean, the Cowboys do what you're supposed to do at home. You're supposed to win at home. The Cowboys, they win football games at home. And I thought going into this game, they were going to blow it out because I've seen the Seattle Seahawks over the last couple of weeks, especially offensively, they struggle. Mm-hmm. They struggle, but they play some pretty good teams or they struggle. So I just thought Cowboys, pretty good team. I figured they struggle. Cowboys, who hadn't had a win over a team with a winning record all season long, finally got one. Yeah. But it was a shootout. It was an absolute shootout, man. I, I loved every minute of it. No defense anywhere. And this stellar, <laughs> this stellar Dallas Cowboys defense – Gave up 406 yards of total offense and five touchdowns when he had one sack. You know, and if it wasn't for a couple – and listen, as much as as the Seattle Seahawks displayed all this firepower, the game still came down to converting on third and shorts and fourth and shorts. Yeah. And at this particular time of the season during the playoffs, you've got to keep moving the chains. And and, and right now – Seattle Seahawks, that's the reason why they lost the game. Well, Mike sure. McCarthy's being second-guessed again for maybe a questionable decision when, the, you know, that, that third – what was it, third and two or third and three? Anyway, it was a it was a shorter down and distance, and they go for the, you know, the kill <clears> shot in the corner of the end zone, and it was not the best of throws. They might have been able to throw a flag, but please, Jesus, I did not want to see another flag last night. <laughs> it was unbelievable. That second half, and it stunk because, like Leon said, it actually was probably the best Thursday night football game we've had mm-hmm. all season. It was great. But it just dragged it out, and you couple that with two teams that like to pass the ball first before they run the ball, or maybe, you know, in the Seahawks' case, it's just because their running backs are so banged up. But this game was, like, there was no doubt in my mind it was going past 11.30 p.m., coupled Mm -hmm. with the the penalties, the the nature of both these offenses. And there we were at 11.20. The the game was still in the balance. I'm, like, fading fast, but I'm like, stay awake. This is actually the best game of the year, Um, or at least on Thursday Night Football it is. My question for you, Leon, is – this is a Seahawks team that went seven quarters without scoring an offensive touchdown. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking you to go back and watch the film from the previous two games, but mm-hmm. what looked different for you for that Seahawks team that clearly something clicked and perhaps maybe it's something that the Jaguars may or may not be tapping into or could tap into? Well, the, the, the protection of, of Geno. Geno had time to throw the ball, yeah. especially downfield. 
I mean, a couple of games that I watched with Seattle, they 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 broke down defensive. I mean, offensively, they gave up a lot of pressures. And Dino, I mean, Gino was most of the time throwing off his back foot or didn't have time to throw the ball. But this vaunted Dallas Cowboy defense at home, I think that they match protects a lot of the stuff, especially against Michael Parsons. Yeah. Wherever he was, in, except for the last play of the game, they <laughs> match protects him to make sure they got a clip on him some particular way. But, yeah, but it shows you that in man coverage – Against uh, bona fide receivers, the Cowboys are going to struggle because Bland, yeah. as outstanding as he was all month long, Defensive Player of the Month, he got torched oh, he against uh, Metcalf yeah, on a, he did. a couple of occasions and, for three touchdowns. In the entire first half, he got torched. Like yeah. you're saying, a total mm-hmm. of three scores from DK, which was just unbelievable. Now, Bland had an unbelievable pick as well when things were starting to swing back at Seattle's did favor. He? But, but, it oh, was I, underthrown. Well, yes, but he yeah. played it beautifully. Okay, right. okay, that's where I would yeah. go with that. He played it beautifully because, he, like you said, he needed to be aggressive to make mm-hmm. up for all the other uh, mistakes that he had made. Yeah. But he did. He read it beautifully. His eyes were turned back to the quarterback mm-hmm. you know, when he broke on that football and made the play. But listen to this, Matt. Both teams surrendered more than 100 yards in penalties, okay? A total of 19 accepted penalties, 10 against Seattle, 9 against Dallas. Seahawks penalties, 130 yards, 126. Seven yards of penalties for the Cowboys. It was an ugly, stinking, referee-filled game. It was, but it was fun. It was great, man. It, 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 I just mean from that, you know, yeah, just yeah, from that yeah, pit, yeah. From that yellow laundry no, I agree on the that. field. I agree point. with that. But it, it was fun to watch. Um, you know, I woke up this morning and I and I heard Mike Tannenbaum get up, mm-hmm. say that in four months Dak Prescott will be the highest-paid player in the league, and then I'm thinking, why? For what? He's for been what? it before. Because, because for he, what? He, that's he, the, that's he my point. I guess he represents the best thing that they've got mm. at the most. No, no, best thing that they've got at the most important. At position. the most important position. Yeah, because at the uh, most important position. I was going to say. I mean, similar to to Atagabailoa, with all due respect mm. to him down in Miami. What is he without Tyreek Hill? What yeah. is Dak Prescott without C.D. Lamb? Yeah, he, but let's think about this now. Okay, both. Dak and C.D. are having rejuvenated. Right, years. but I, I guess the, the uh, both of them. The, the I guess the the, the point is. We're like projecting that they're going to go far in the playoffs. Who says they don't go one and out? Is yeah, he going to be the highest paid player in the NFL? If they go one and out again. Okay, but let's think about this. So this is what happens with every NFL team, Leon. Mm-hmm. Is that either you have one or you don't. And if you have one that you think can get you there, you can't say goodbye to him. You can't quit paying. So we're him. just randomly paying guys the no. most in the NFL. What has Dak Prescott done, dude? <laughs> he's taken them to the playoffs. He's gotten them in the postseason. How many playoff games <laughs> has he won? Yeah, but he's had one. He had one really crappy year oh, last no. year. But again, me and everybody. I always say this: It ain't just the quarterback, Leon, that wins football games. Well, in listen, the they, listen, they play. Listen, they pay these quarterbacks like bridesmaids, where they yeah. never become brides. Yeah. All right. He gets. Um, uh, listen, over this last five game stretch, I think Dak Prescott has like seventeen touchdowns and one interception, something mm-hmm. crazy like that. He is throwing. Let me see if I can give I, you this because I know over the last four games he was thirteen and one. Yeah. Or something like that. How many touchdowns? He threw three he th- last night. He threw three, so it's sixteen and one over this last five game stretch. I mean, he's. It's got to be one of the front runners for the MVP. I mean, oh, yeah. But like I always say, legends are made in the postseason. Absolutely. I know Matt's over there. He's disgusted by the fact he's going to be. Judge Don Dubs, yeah. an- another Matt Hayes line. Yeah, but, but, who, but, but where, who, hey, Matt, 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 Matt who's yeah. the, what's the alternative? What's the alternative to Dak Prescott and Dallas Cowboys? Uh, well, Lance. you can you can pay him, <laughs> yeah, but you don't have to pay him to be the, the, mo- the highest paid player in the league. 
You are putting a stamp on him it's that he's just, the best player in the well, league. Yeah, but, 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 but he's the highest paid player in the league. It's a okay, cycle. It has to happen. If you're his agent, you're going to pay him under the best, the highest player in the league. Yeah, right. But if, if I'm the franchise, I say you've won one playoff game. Let me tell you something. He was the There's first one, guy one? to. Yeah, he's won one. One. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So so if I'm the franchise, I say this sport is all about playoff wins. Okay. Well, Coaches with playoff wins, quarterbacks with playoff wins. Right, we have and, one. Then, and then if I'm Dak and his agent, I said, well, I'll sit until you figure That's out. That's it. Yeah, yeah. They, well, they'll play Cooper yeah. Rush. I mean, give me a break. Oh, you stop it. Trey Lance. Right. You stop yeah. it right yeah. now. Yeah. Listen, Cooper Rush and Let's, Trey Lance. Yeah. I mean, at some point, you gotta, like, somebody's got to take a stand. I, I agree. I, 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 they play in these quarterbacks. You know, you know the, you. the ones that are taking a stand are the ones that have bad quarterbacks, okay? They're saying we ain't paying you, okay? But it's, it's ridiculous to think that if you have somebody that is close to getting you there that you're not going to pay them. Yeah. So let's do this question. Let's advance when Trevor Lawrence, let's just say they do not want a playoff game this year. He's going to go into the offseason and is going to become one of the highest paid guys in the National Football League with what? One playoff, one playoff, win. One playoff win. That's it. What's the That's difference, it. Matt? By the way, Dak yeah. can still get a, a, he can still be franchised, right? He's got uh, one more year to be franchised. I think contractually he has in there where he can't get the franchise tag. He, I, I don't, don't think you can do that. Yeah. Yes, you can. In the NFL, you can do that? You can write it in your contract, yes. But you can't get franchised? Yes. Yeah, Daniel Hunter oh, I didn't did. know that. Yeah, yeah. Daniel Hunter okay. did. Okay. Yeah. All right. So he's well. already gone through one round of big money. And remember mm. remember this now. He was the first guy who uttered, or his agent uttered it for him, I'm going to be a $40 million man mm-hmm. a year. Coming Football off an player. injury. Yeah, and he got it. Yeah, okay, he got, he got it. Now, then last year, he played well enough to get in the postseason, and he played bad enough to get them out of the postseason. Okay, yeah. so uh, look, I'm not really I'm, bad enough. Yeah, I'm not saying that Dak is all of that. I'm just simply saying you, there are only, with all this discussion, <laughs> I'm we saying have about, guys with all this discussion it. we have about quarterbacks, there aren't enough good ones out there. And he's having one of the, quote, MVP conversation type of seasons. Well, just watch him. Well, Matt, just think about this right now. We don't know this. I'm pretty sure this is going on behind the, the corridors of Jacksonville Duval. Trevor Lawrence's agent is talking to the Jaguars right now as we speak. Right. Uh, more than likely. Right. And right now, why as we speak, his agent is trying to get him paid as one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL right now today. Right. Right. Trevor has one playoff win. Right. I'm just saying, what's the difference between him and Dak? None. But you said Dak shouldn't get paid. I don't think Trevor should get paid the highest paid player in the league either. It's just a cycle. I don't it, want you as cycle. my agent. How about yeah. that? No, first off, okay, well, first off, you know me. I am uh, totally yeah. pro player. Yeah, absolutely. Get as much money as you can uh, as fast as you can. I don't know about that right now. No, that's yeah, not true. Yeah, yeah. What I, the problem I have is Deshaun Watson running around with a $230 million contract. That's what's trouble. And he's yeah. top 25 quarterback. Yeah. Top 20 quarterback right now. So, that's kind of my deal He's right a, now. Is, is I, if I'm going to pay someone to be the number one pl- paid player in the league, don't you have to have more than one playoff win? He's a trailblazer, man. No one else is going to get and that contract. And let's not forget, last night in all the other games that we've talked about, yes, Dak is responsible for some, especially what happened last year. But he did not give up 38 points last night. No. He had to score 41 to beat him. Okay, sure. or 35, 35 points. Yeah. yeah, he had to score 41 to beat him. And so that dude, and again, if you watch the game. I mean, you all know they played well Deron with Cooper Bland, Rush, right? Deron Bland is just as much to blame for what happened last night as anybody, okay? You, uh, Cooper Rush, or if, uh, I swear, I would I'm love, not saying play I would the whole love season. it to be Listen to me. a two-team league Listen, and you have Cooper I'm, and I'll take that. I'm not playing, I'm not saying play Cooper Rush the whole season. What I'm saying is you at least have some leverage. 
They had all right, it at sit. One point. I don't care. We'll play Cooper Rush. Matt, at one point they had it. He was five and zero or four and zero to start, and four then he got one. absolutely one, destroyed yeah. after that. Okay, destroyed. He might have been four and zero for a, a, no. He was a, four and one as a starter. No, I'm just saying four and zero for and then a half, and then everything just came apart. And look, we're not dis- dismissing what everybody gets destroyed in an NFL game. Every I know that. Does. I know that. But I, I would rather bet long on Dak Prescott right. than Cooper flipping. Rush. I'm not disagreeing yeah. with you. All I'm saying is he yeah. shouldn't be the highest paid player in the league. Right. Which the, the I understand that's the the going price, and you have to continue to pay whatever the price of an apple is. And if the price of the apple goes up, you're gonna have to keep paying it. That's just the nature of how quarterback contracts yeah, are. Those structured. Honey Crisp are getting expensive, right? It's just the nature mm-hmm. of if you have a quarterback, even if he is not one of the top three guys in the league, you have to pay him because you don't want to risk letting him walk. And then do you confirm with yourself that, yes, we can find another guy that's just as competent? So I get that. But if you're paying him to be the highest-paid player in the league, it's just because that's what the going rate is. It's not because he actually is a top-three quarterback. Although, although, right, and as Leon noted, his stats so far this year have him in the MVP race. However, I believe that is because so many people look at the MVP as a quarterback award as opposed to, again, CeeDee Lamb, Tyreek Hill, I don't know, a guy by the name of Miles Garrett, even Micah Parsons. Well last those night. two guys those two guys were in the conversation early and then it is truly it's it's the Heisman is a quarterback award and the MVP is generally a quarterback award. It's just the way it is, unfortunately. But Miles Garrett's gotten hurt. The Cleveland Browns have lost their quarterback, and so all of a sudden he goes right to the back of the bus. That's just the way it is. But you're now, if you're just going to say, hey, it's a quasi or a de facto quarterback award, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League right now. Mm -hmm. The only one with minus numbers next to his name in betting odds is Jalen Hurts. Has Jalen Hurts been better this year than Dak Prescott? No, but Jalen Hurts has the clutch game. Has, 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 Jalen, clutch. has Jalen Hurts played in the Super Bowl? Yeah, he has. Has Dak Prescott yeah. played in the oh, Super Bowl? Yeah. Yeah. Has and, Dak Prescott got past round one in the playoffs? I, I'm, I'm specifically talking about MVP this year. Yeah. Okay, instead of the whole resume that goes against him. Dak, 20, I, I, 20 passing touchdowns over the last six games. Yeah, I thought, yeah. Yeah, there you crazy. go. So that's your number. Mm-hmm. And, and look, I, I, all I know is that dude's got to make decisions and you got one in your building or you don't. True. And that's just that's where we are. I don't even care what, what he gets paid. I just want to talk about the game. I could care less. I'm, if he, That's between him and his agent and Jerry. I did like his line. He goes, I got the pen, I got the paper, and I'm writing the story. So let's see where it goes. The pressure is squarely on him. There's no question about it. Now, but, we, we can transfer it to the Trevor conversation. Dak's been in the league a lot longer than Trevor Lawrence has. So just because they both have one playoff win, Trevor's got a hell of a lot longer to prove himself for whatever that next big contract will be. Yeah. That'll be coming up, you know, whatever, four years from now. Yeah. I told some Cowboy fans last night while I was watching the game, I told them that when they put Jimmy Johnson in the ring, probably lifted the curse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jimmy put that curse on that Wojo <laughs> one. He might have. He might, he might have. Uh, went out the door. And, and look, Jerry's got to be scratching his head, goes, shit – and, and it took him forever to bring Jimmy years. in yes, 30 to, years. to the ring of honor. 30 years. Oh but listen, the Cowboys, gosh. as much as they won that game last night, I mean, they were still suspect. I mean, that's oh. Seattle. They were still suspect, especially defensively. And here's the other thing. Yes, they're sitting at, what, 9-3 and three now? 9-3, and three, yeah. Guess who's 10-1? and one? Mm. And granted, has a tough task on Sunday. Mm. Right. But they're still looking up in the division. Yeah, they are. Which yeah. means that the Dallas Cowboys and that great home record are going to have to go on the road in the first mm-hmm. round of the playoffs. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so if you're doing it right now, okay. I understand you're probably going to go to whoever wins the NFC South, right? Um, which 
Yes, but we'll put that aside. Yeah, it'd be a luxury cruise. Right. Yeah. But then you're probably going to have to play the Niners or the Eagles. Eventually. Yeah, so let's just do the NFC real quick, all right? First round bye right now, as Mia said, 10-win Philadelphia team. Uh, they are, you want to talk about a saucy? If you if you look at what they have been able to do in, in you know, back-to-back years as far as where they put themselves, they put themselves in a great position, and they are in rare air, okay? If you talk about this week, Philadelphia has a chance to join one other team in the history of the National Football League as the only two teams ever to win 11 of their first 12 regular season games in consecutive seasons. You know who the other one was? 11. 11. All right, so they can join another team, only two teams ever to win 11 of their first 12 regular season games in consecutive seasons. This is a saucy because I got some other bold facts coming up a little bit later. The Steelers, the Steelers in 0506. The Dolphins. There you go. We're going back in time. Saucy Nugs. 72-73. I figured they went undefeated, and then the next year. And you know what happened in 72? Right. You know they did, and then you know they got thumped the the following year. I believe that was. 70, 73, I believe, is the one they got thumped 24-3 by Dallas. I'm pretty mm. sure that's the one. Anyway, but that's what that's what Philadelphia is doing right now. So they are rock solid. They've got the first-round bye right now. They're the first team that can clinch a playoff spot in the NFL this season. 49ers, they got the tiebreaker over Detroit, so they're second seed. Detroit's third. Uh, right now you got Atlanta. Atlanta, which I do think one of us here picked the Falcons. I know I didn't uh, mm. to win the uh, NFC South. Anyway, the Falcons have the tiebreaker over the Saints. They are fourth. And then you would have, right now, Dallas fifth. Yeah. As hot as they are, mm-hmm. they would be going to Atlanta. To Atlanta. Wow. Okay, think about that. Uh, on Sunday, your Jacksonville Jaguars were the number one seed for a little while until Baltimore won later on that night. Mm-hmm. And Baltimore went back to being the number one seed. But right now you got Baltimore. Kansas City with their tiebreaker over ja- over Jacksonville and Miami. Jaguars are three with their tiebreaker over the Dolphins, and they would be playing the number six right now, Cleveland Browns at uh, seven and four. Well, think about the Jaguars. In their last six games, they may be favored in five of those six of those at games. Least. Yeah. At least, yeah. Yeah, the Ravens would be yeah. the only one. Right. Be, and it, it, and it, the Ravens have to come here. And the Ravens yeah. have to come so here. Probably and, a pick and, and the line is probably going to be a pick em. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And so when you think about that, honestly, there's, there's, there's a lot on the line. All right, so since we're talking about the playoffs and you talk about, you know, teams kind of picking themselves up off the map, what Dak did last week uh, or last year compared to what he's done this year, uh, let's just go ahead and throw. I've got saucies and bold, so let's just throw a bold fact out right now because i got more than one today, people. More Here's a bold fact brought to you by Bold City Brewery, Duval's first craft brewery, online at boldcitybrewery.com. I look at the taps right here at Players Grill Mandarin, and I see Dukes on tap. You know, they got so many great craft beers. BoldCityBrewery.com. You got Killer Whale. You got the Mad Manatee IPA. Now their brand-new Bold City IPA. Of course, Dukes was the original, and it's all right there. The production house on Roselle Street in Riverside and then Bold City downtown. So Monday night when you head downtown, before you go into the bank, make sure you stop by Bold City and enjoy one of those great crafts. So 17 of the last 19 years, all right? That's 2004 to last year. A team with a losing record after 11 games has made the playoffs. Think about that. That's crazy, okay? 17 of 19. A team with a losing record after 11 games has made the playoffs, including the last five seasons straight. Who was the last one to do that? The Jags. 
The Jags has to be. Thank you very much. Yeah. I just wanted to get that out there because this is what happens when you get hot at the right time. So the Jacksonville Jaguars, it's so hard to believe. They are 8-3 and three right now, 11 games into this season, and they were 4-7. and seven through 11 games last year. Mm-hmm. Four and seven, Leon. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you better soak this bad boy up because they very likely will be favored in every single game, including the Ravens coming here. But they were four and seven, obviously went on their roll and made it into the postseason. Well, just think about this. How many years over the last three, four, five years at this particular point in the season are we already talking draft? Mm-hmm. Right. That's how bad this team was. We were talking draft and what position and what slot should we move up, move down. Uh, is this game important enough to win because it's going to cost us in April? I mean, it's so much more refreshing to be talking playoffs and what this team could do than that. That was just heart You better believe it, bro. Let's, uh, yeah. let's play a little fun exercise yeah. before we take our first break. The Jaguars were 4-7. and seven. At this juncture on December 1st last year, Josie. Mm-hmm. All right, let's look at what teams are 4-7, and 5-6. and six, And who can do it. And who could do it this year. All right, <laughs> so let's run through. Yeah. Um, we'll begin in the NFC. The Los Angeles Rams are 5-6. and six. The Seattle Seahawks are 6-6. Six and six. Well, the Rams have the tiebreaker. They beat them twice, right? Well, they, they've already beat them twice. That's over the Seahawks, the yeah. Seahawks, so in terms yeah. of yeah. Wild yeah, So they would have the tiebreak. Yeah, they would have the tiebreak. I still feel like Seattle's a better football team, yeah. but I'm with you. Yeah. I understand what you're mm-hmm. saying for sure. Yeah. All right, the New York Jets are four and seven. We'll bounce uh, around no a chance. Bit. No yeah. chance. Come on, yeah. no belief in Aaron. No, uh, no, no. double A okay. chance. Okay. okay, let's back to the <laughs> NFC. We're not going to include the NFC South because it's just a wasteland. Um, the Green Bay Packers are five and six. The Minnesota Vikings are six and six. I give I give the Green Bay Packers more I of a chance. Jordan Love's actually because of the way Jordan Love well. is playing. Yeah, yeah. Late. I, I mean, I think Dodd's fairy tale run is over. Mm-hmm. That four interception game, uh, you know, yeah, and, and it was slipper turned into a pumpkin. Really, <laughs> it was funny because a couple of them just they weren't his fault. No, they were tips. But, they were tip balls, but, but they, it goes on. It, yeah, it, it, it mounts yeah, against it you quickly. All right, the Las Vegas. Oh, go ahead, Leon. No, I like Green Bay. I like Green Bay. Yeah, yeah I'm with you there. The AFC West has got a couple teams that could turn it around in the month of December and make a push for a wild card. I don't think anybody's gonna dethrone the Chiefs yeah. at eight and three in the AFC West. But the Broncos are six and five. The Raiders are five and seven. The Chargers are four and seven. Technically all alive in the wild card race. Yeah, I, I hate even saying that the Broncos I think have the best chance because I still don't think they've really beaten a lot of good teams, but they did beat the Kansas City. They Chiefs. did. They dismantled the Kansas City. They Chiefs. did beat them. And they're five and no. And they went from giving up seventy to yeah. now giving up They I gave think, up eighty in like the last the last was, five games. That was the number you yes, had. Yeah. 80. And so I I I would pick them. I'm not picking the you may, that's a, that might be a team you may not want to see in the playoffs. They can play some D right now. Yeah, they can play some D. Three right more now. teams for you that are sitting at the same juncture the Jags found themselves relatively at one year ago today. Mm-hmm. The Indianapolis Colts are six and five. Mm-hmm. The Houston Texans are six and five. The Cincinnati Bengals are five and six. Mm-hmm. Whose uh, stock are you buying in the month of December? None. None of them? Mm. None of them. I, I'm probably buying the Texans' stock a little bit more because I actually think they're going to beat Denver – uh, who's right right now riding a five-game win streak. I just think that's just the way the NFL know. works. I think, I think Denver's going to get them. You think Denver gets them? I'd like that to happen. Mm-hmm. But I, if I'm betting on anybody, I'd probably bet on you know, that I'm one. I'm a little uneasy on all yeah. of them, actually. Yeah, lukewarm. Yeah, just, not, not, just uneasy. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about the Texans' defense. I'm, just, I'm not sold on it. Mm-hmm. Just not. I think we're going to see a lot more overs second half of this year. Well, the JJ, reason- you agree with that uh, from the betting odds? Cause I, I hope feel like so. 
Yeah, me too, bro. The me reason I, uh, I ended with those three teams, of course, the AFC South proximity, and then, of course, the Jaguars will host the 5-6 and six Cincinnati Bengals yeah. on Monday night, which means y'all, I'm sure, will be locked in on Sunday, a day off for Jaguars fans. You can breathe a little bit oh, yeah. and maybe take a look at what the rest of the playoff picture and the rest of the league is looking it, like. It'll be fun to watch it because you'll probably be, if you're a Red Zone fan, you're going to eat it up uh, on Sunday, get as much of it as you can with our man Scott Hansen. So that'll be fun to look forward to. But, yeah, you're, you're at least starting to get an idea. And this time, December a year ago, the day after this franchise, we celebrated 30 years of them, you know, being in existence. Uh, here you are. You're eight and three. You have twice as many wins as you had a season mm-hmm. ago uh, as a Jacksonville Jaguar fan, which is just crazy. All right, we're hanging out here at Players Grill Mandarin. This is the home of the fifth quarter. Big Surf knows it well because this is where they hang out. It's also where the neighborhood hangs out. And we've seen some of our Mandarin Nooners, so you would – can easily drop by enjoy all that they've got to offer you're talking great lunch specials and don't forget they will pour till they score on monday night so take advantage of that players grill mandarin with xl primetime come on by it's a big hair heavy metal friday on xl primetime i have a great appreciation for this game because you know i grew up in sec kid, an SEC footprint kid, an SEC player, uh, coached most of my career in the SEC, so I have an appreciation for this game and uh, how hard it is to win. I mean, in some ways, I think Alabama and us have been spoiled, and I don't think some kids appreciate, they think it's a rite of passage, and it's not, it's earned. Kirby Smart, speaking of tomorrow's SEC championship game, 4 p.m. kickoff, are they going to take that away from CBS, too, with the new deal? Oh, yeah. It's all, it's all ESPN's yeah. SEC next year. That's why they are just branding the heck out of it uh, within the last 72 hours because it's, they get to roll out Oklahoma and Texas as, as their newest, um, well, toys mm-hmm. in the SEC. Mm-hmm. But are, are they going to bring the music? Nope. Along with it. Nope. Da, 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 no, the music goes to the Big Ten. That stays yeah. with the Big oh, Ten. Th- th- come on now. The Big Ten doesn't deserve that music. No. That music. Welcome to the opening anthem yeah. of Illinois traveling to College Park right. to face the Maryland Terrapins. You're looking live in Bloomington, Indiana. <laughs> well, hey, Bloomington, well, Indiana just hired a pretty darn good coach. Well, Northwestern will play Indiana. Okay, you know how ESPN, A battle of four win teams. Matt, you know how ESPN and CBS get their share of games in the SEC, but CBS well, they, is not going to get the elite games on, right, on the Big Right, but they will get some. That's all I'm asking. They'll so get they, a few. They will still get like, like – They'll get like, a few. Like what would you say over the course of, say, 14 Saturdays, I think 15 they have, Saturdays? I think they have two where they get first choice. Oh, okay. And then all they right. get like third, second, third, fourth choice. Well, then I that. guess that's the only time I'll hear that music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sad. But it is a championship weekend, or as J.J. was just uh, discussing <laughs> with us in the break – a title game weekend. See, it doesn't roll off the tongue, J.J. LaSalle, but back at 1010XL World Headquarters, uh, quite as nice as championship, championship weekend Saturday. in college football. Uh, we are certainly feeling like champions here at Players Grill on San Jose Boulevard in Mandarin, where the neighborhood meets. Uh, Big Surce and I just got to sample one of the new additions flatbread. at Players Grill. So they're the flatbread pizzas. Mm-hmm. They're not wood-fired. I was corrected. They are stone-fired. Oh, I think nice. we need to do like a behind-the-scenes and see exactly. Yeah. They fire those pizzas up. High marks, sir. Yeah. Oh, they were great. Yeah. So yeah. you can now get pizza at Players mm-hmm. Grill in addition to all the other wonderful goodies they have. And I mentioned this during Crosstalk, boys. They do a pour till you score on Monday night and Thursday night football, a.k.a. free Miller Lite until 
one of the two teams in the game scores. I was thinking about it, and I'm like, hey, this past Monday night's Monday night football game, probably would have been a good place to watch the game because there wasn't a whole heck of a lot of scoring for a while there. I know the first quarter was scoreless. Yeah, look, if you're, like, you bellied up to the bar, you want to see a high-scoring game. (laughs) Otherwise, you're a little little hot. And uh, that that game, thankfully, St. Joe's, Cairo Santos came through, but it was – a field goal. Late. Came through for the good people at Players to Grill, too. We are here till 3, so make sure you stop on by and say hi. And, of course, if you're not going to the bank for the Jaguars and the Bengals on Monday night, they will have the games here on one of their, goodness, at least a dozen wonderful televisions here at this location on San Jose. They even have us live on YouTube oh, and yeah. a couple mm. of the TVs, which That's- first time I've seen that at one of our remote show that locations. That's pretty cool. Let's give John Party some credit because he set up the YouTube cam and made sure we're ready to go, but I had no idea. We're we're uglier in the big screen uh, format than we are in the small screen format. But still, we are here. You can definitely check us out. You can search 1010XL on YouTube. And the other thing, Mia, is uh, I see my Toys for Tots box right here. And I'm running around collecting prizes left and right for our Toys for Tots tournament next Wednesday. And there will be plenty of people bringing toys to the Golf Club of Southampton. If you have one new unwrapped, whatever it might be, just an unwrapped toy. If You, you can bring them to the station before Wednesday, and I'll make sure they they get there, but this is one of their drop spots, the Players Grill. Well, Big Sirs actually asked me as we walked in. He said, you know, are we? do we have a box at the station? And I mm-hmm. said no, but so many of our various partners, whether it's Players Grill, Small Cakes of Jacksonville, <laughs> at the Golf Club of Southampton yeah. this upcoming Wednesday. I know the Frangie Show also has some friends that they're working with with Toys for Tots, so a lot of different ways you can give Yeah, back. theirs is, I want to say, Boys and Girls Club. We'll have to make sure, but that's, uh, you know, that big champion cause that Brett Hastings and, and the Frangie Show, I hope I have it right, but I'm pretty sure that that's it. Um, and then, heck, I might as well do it because we're we so many good people are out there doing so many good things. Santa Lamb, do not forget about it. Santa Lamb, that's L A M M, SantaLamb.org. Uh, and Big Al told me that their Christmas shopping spree that they have their kids go on, he said it's December 23rd. So you still have time for that. But all you have to do is go on to Santa Lamb, L A M M, Santa Lamb, Uncle Dave's project for, gosh, 20 years, I believe. Uh, over 400 kids get taken care of, santalam.org, and you can make a donation there. Because, I, you know, I was, I was collecting prizes the other day. I mentioned both of them, and, and my man Louie says I, I went and made a donation to that too. So that, that's good. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, let's dive into this upcoming championship weekend. As we alluded to, the Pac-12 title game, the final Pac-12 title game before it becomes the two-pack is this evening. Currently, as of this writing, and it, it's kind of weird – when you say it, Matt, that Oregon is a nine-point favorite despite getting beat by a field goal in Seattle, granted, against Washington earlier this year. But I talked to a couple of the Jags in the locker room yesterday, just asking them about college football, some who played in the SEC, some who didn't even play at Power Fives. And several of them said to me, they feel like right now, just watching from afar as a casual fan, Oregon looks like perhaps outside of Georgia, the most complete team in college football right now. So, I, you know, and I and I know everybody out there is going to say it's Oregon, it's the Pac-12. Their defense has given up 16 points a game since that loss to Washington. That's in that league where their offenses are, you know, up and down the field. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, at some point, you got to at least recognize that that they are holding teams in that league, that pass happy, offense happy league, to 16 a game since that loss. So, I, I think defensively, they were always good offensively. It's not just Bo Nix. They've got so many different weapons there. They've got pieces around him that they can score on anybody. It's the way they're playing defensively now. And, and I made this point 
a week ago, I said they're starting to look like Georgia now. Mm-hmm. The way they play, the way the way they play two safeties high and just say, look, man, we got four guys and come get you. Go ahead, try and throw the ball. Yeah, because of and what he is gleaned yeah. from the guys he coached. Yeah, well, well, that's what that's what Dan Lanning learned under right. Kirby Smart. He learned it under you know being there and understand the system, and now he's transferred it to Oregon. And more important, they have players now. Oh yeah, they have players that can run that system. I'm not saying they're going to beat Georgia. I don't even know if they beat Michigan. I think they probably could beat Michigan. We'll see. But I just like the fact that you're you're manning the landing ship right there. Yeah, along with me. I and, mean, and, of course. And I'll just tell you this. Now, you just gave that number. What was the number again? They've 16, averaged. They've, six, they're giving up 16 points a game defensively since the Washington loss. Okay. Now, Washington, the other half of this, sirs, this is the nine, nine-and-a-half-point <laughs> game. It's going to be one of our – J.J., is it one of our picks later? Are we doing, are we doing this game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, you don't have to give away everything, but the Washington Huskies – have been involved in their last handful of games, at least five games that I can think that they've only won by 10 points or less when they were blowing people out. And so it, it, it bro, that Oregon defense against What's what, that line? Washington, nine and a half? Yeah, nine, nine and a half. Yeah. Like, I, well, think, I think Oregon's going to route them tonight. Well, route. Well, I mean, I, I, how many close games has Oregon played in? They they pretty much beat up on everybody. Washington. Except for the Washington. No, the Texas, Washington. Texas Tech. Yeah, Texas, Texas Tech, Tech too. Well, I mean, here's yeah, the thing the road, about yeah. I mean, that that's a tough two. place to play, you too, ne- man. You never yeah. know how a team is going to react when they're stressed. And then in Washington, I mean, they've been stressed the last couple of weeks, but they've come out on top. I mean, so, I mean, you say they're going to get blown out. But if it's a Blown tight, out. Blown out. Blown the doors hey, off. Hey, blown hey. out. Don't affect Leon's decision I'll, I'll later just, in the picks. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that Washington has found a way to win. I they, mean, all kinds been... of blown out tonight. All really? kinds. Yeah. Wow. yeah. I just want to I remind think they, I think they, uh, that I think Matt is last place in the picks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, actually think, I actually think David Stewart for the last, you know, almost two months about because that Washington they, game yeah. and how they blew it. They blew it, yeah. And, and Lanny's going to have them so geeked for that game, man. I think they're going to blow them out. So, Leon, let me run through for you mm-hmm. every result for Oregon since that 36-33 <laughs> loss. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. they defeat Wazoo 38-24, JJ's favorite program Strong. in the country. <laughs> they go into Salt Lake City and route a then number 13 Utah 35-6. to Absolutely mm. shell-shocked them. They beat Cal 63-19. They beat USC 36-27. ASU 49-13. And then they route the Beavers 31-7. Okay, well, they've been on the offensive They, they route a they're, hot Beavers team. Yeah, yeah. who's yeah. number 16 yeah. in the country. They, uh, they trumped them on every level, You honestly. love those hot Beavers, too. Yeah, I love hot Beavers, but I am a duck man right now, okay? I'm a, I, I am a bow believer. You guys know that. So, 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 uh, so as, as much mean, as you know how good they I, are, what's the ingredients, in your opinion, to beat Oregon? What, what, do, you, what do you think they would struggle with? What do they struggle I with? I mean, what, what team can stress them? I think, it's, I, I, think, I think a team that can line up and run the ball against them and keep their offense off the field, mm-hmm. that can just create tempo with their offense. Keep possessions away from their offense. Yes, yes, as much as anything, which Georgia clearly can do, which mm-hmm. Michigan can clearly do. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the way they're playing defensively, though, man, they force, they force offenses into bad situations. Mm-hmm. They create turnovers. They create bad plays. They create hurried throws. It's Georgia. I'm telling you, if you watch these guys, if you go – Go back if you get if you, before you watch this game. You're going to get home before the game and put on the Oregon Oregon State game. You can see it on YouTube, wherever. Watch the way they play defense. It's like it's like you're looking at Georgia seriously. Mm. And and they play like not up up tempo, but they are always leaning forward defensively and offensively, meaning they oh, are putting pressure on man. you. They're yes. pressing the gas God, yes. as much as they possibly can. And Lanning definitely got well, that style from Kirby. 
Well, listen, anytime you know, anytime you have a front four that can stretch you and get after the quarterback, the key ingredient to beating that is wearing, wearing their butts out. Yeah. Running the ball. Yeah. I mean, if you can run the ball, you can line up and, and, and take it to them. Blow for blow, toe for toe. I yeah. mean, you can, you can wear yeah. that because I mean, Jackson, we, we learned that we that lesson against the Niners, you know, trying to pass whatever. But if you run the ball consistently against a, a, a team that likes to get upfield, that's how you wear them down. Whose run game do you like more, Matt? Oregon or Washington? Oregon. Washington yeah. doesn't really doesn't even have a run game except for when they play USC. Dylan Johnson was at, at Mississippi State last year. I'm sure you guys remember him. He was yeah like 300 yards rushing last year at Mississippi State. And that now again, that was with Leach's offense, and they throw the ball all the time. But he's not what Oregon has, mm-hmm. not even close. And now on the other side of that trench battle is the defensive front, which I think Braylon Trice and company for Washington, that's a pretty darn good defensive front. The text line is currently sounding off about how Oregon's defense is so undersized. But you're not the first person, Matt, that I've heard say that they think they're, that Oregon's defense is more complete than Washington's. Why? They're, I mean, all you got to do is look at the numbers. I mean, and every and – every, statistic and metric available go you know go well, look, at, look at scoring defense total defense um third down per, third down conversion percentage um but this will also everything it's all this, washington is well, not washington is a team if you look look at washington scores they're literally there it's a fourth quarter game every time they're playing well here, here's even more of a reason why i think the pac-12 is going to be dismissive when this is all said and done because you're sitting there telling me that the number three team in the country is going to play the number five team in the country, yeah. and they're going to blow the doors off of Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, so how, how, how does it mean anything? That's why, happened, why, all, that's happened all the time in championship games. All right, let's use this it's as the – It's not supposed uh, to. All right, let's not, but you're going to penalize Oregon because they blow someone out? Maybe. Yeah, but let's use this. Okay, let's use this as the Again, I'm the worst guy in the picks. Okay, let's use this as the 10-10 take because this sets up perfectly for what we're talking about. Now, Josie's 10-10 take. Slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pitmaster since 68. Make sure you check them out whenever you are tailgating Monday night football. You're heading down, and, you know, like it's a work day, right? It's a work day. And so you're going to be heading down. So make sure you hit one of the areas, Sonny, so you don't have to worry about the cooking. You will have it all ready to go, and you can party, party, party. Make sure you check out Sonny's lunch or dinner and, of course, tailgating. So we have the AFC, or excuse me, the ACC, the SEC, Big 12, Big 10, Pac-12, right? We have all these championship games. What are we talking about? Close to a double-digit underdog is Washington, which Matt says is going to get blown out. You have the Oklahoma State Cowboys that are a 15-point dog to the Texas Longhorns. You have Iowa, a massive, massive underdog to the Michigan Wolverines. And even though it's a close game, Louisville and and Florida State, Mm one-and-a-half, I don't know that we're going to get a a one-and-a-half-point game. We'll find out. The closest game of all the ones that we're mentioning, we hope, we expect, will be Georgia and Alabama. So, to Leon's point, Championship games don't always say it's going to be a championship tilt. These are lopsided affairs. I don't know whether I like it or not, mm. but that's just the way it's played out. That's the ten ten take because I don't know that I don't know that you can fix that. Obviously, when we get to the twelve team <coughs> playoff, year fix yeah, it. with the twelve team playoff is going to fix a mm-hmm. or, uh, it's going well, to produce no another layer of, of of drama. Yeah. But this is kind of an example of what we all have argued about. You get to the end. There's cream of the crop on one side of these ledgers in most of these conferences, period. So, so next year, you'd still have Georgia and Alabama. You'd still have Oregon and Washington. Mm-hmm. The Big 12 would still be what it is because it's a one division right now. The ACC, you'd probably have FSU and Louisville, right? Well, Oregon and Washington are not going to be part of the conversation 
because that Pac-12 no, no, I know, is going to be gone. No, I know, but I'm saying, I'm saying in, yeah. in theory. In other words, like the 12-team playoff is going to help The that. Big Ten is different. The yeah. Big Ten would have had Michigan-Ohio State rematch. Yeah, yeah. But, I, I mean, it's – so I wanted to say this real quick, circling back to Oregon's defense, okay? This is national defense, scoring defense, nationally, okay? The first four are Big Ten teams, so we're not even counting them. Because they don't, that's they, what they, they, don't do. they don't have offense. They in that have league, good okay? defense because they have bad offense. So it's Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State, and Iowa the first four. Then you've got Ohio U, which is a group of five school. Then Go Georgia, you mighty Bobcats. Then Georgia, fifteen point eight points a game. Then Oregon, fifteen point nine points a game. And it honestly, I, as much as I bash the Pac-12 defenses, this is one of the main things I love about Dan Landing. Honestly, I do, uh, because if you go back in time, there were only so many times where you could count on an Oregon defense to make plays. His defense does, so it does speak a little more about what he's been able to do out there against teams that score all over the yard. Right, you know? and I think that that's where Georgia fans that are sounding off on the text line about how soft. Oregon is, how soft the schedule is, the Pac-12. This is one of your own that you're critiquing. This is the guy that left Georgia, and many believe when he does come back to the SEC, it's going to be for an upper echelon job. Because they're threatened. Yeah, yeah. That's why. If if Georgia meets them, let's just say Georgia meets them, uh, I would agree that the defenses – that are played in the SEC versus the defenses that are played and you know, the combo, defense versus offense on either side. Georgia will have the, the advantage in that game. There's no question about that. I'll make you SEC homers feel a little bit better. John Party, our intern extraordinaire, who's holding down the fort engineering for us at Players Grill Mandarin, just sent me this from our good buddy Connor O'Gara with Saturday Down South. Mm-hmm. The get-in price for each of the Power 5 Conference Championship games this weekend. To get into the SEC championship game is an average of $533 per ticket. Pricey ticket. ACC in Charlotte is $88 per ticket. The Big 12, $71 a ticket. The Big 10 in Indy, $58 a ticket. And to get into the Pac-12 title game tonight, $42 a ticket. I love that. It just means more. XL Primetime hanging at Players Grill, Mandarin off San Jose Boulevard. Stop on by and say hi. Hey, we have Rick Ballou coming up at 115, so you Florida State fans don't go anywhere. Knowles Talk on the other side right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. It's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. We always like uh, heavy metal, big hair, but you can come with rock and roll of any kind. It's just a way to get good for the weekend, get that feel good in you on a Friday. So you can definitely hit JJ the DJ with a little rock and roll suggestion, 641-1010. Jump in on that. We have been giving people uh, all sorts of things to get fired up over the weekend because you've got championship Friday night, championship Saturday, you got the NFL, and then you got your Jaguars Monday night football. Now, we're hanging out here at Players Grill Mandarin, and, and Phil and Megan, they've done an incredible job. We need to make sure we point out that it's not just Players Grill Mandarin, it's Players Grill Miramar, which is right there off of Hendricks, and then Players Grill Oakleaf, their brand new location out there. But here in Mandarin, we'd love to see you. San Jose Boulevard, real easy to find where the neighborhood meets, and it's the home of the fifth quarter uh, every Sunday. So, Big Sirs, uh, you guys are not going to be here Monday night, but. <laughs> no, no show Monday yeah. night? Yeah. No show Monday night. You're not going to do something at three in the morning? Yeah. Uh, but it's, in studio? Because I wrote, I wrote in the planner, you guys are going to be That's, in studio. No. Yeah. No? I didn't hear it. <laughs> Maybe not Liam, but there is a fifth quarter, one to three a.m. on Monday. Yeah, that's what I thought. Was, oh, hey, Leon. Maybe you will be there. <laughs> yeah, if maybe Coach Campo is going to be awake. Yeah, because oh, man, I, look, I keep looking. Football. 
Well, I, I keep looking at the schedule, and I thought that it, it included it, but then I saw that it didn't, so I was no just trying to figure it out. Leon. Right. Yeah. 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 No he, comment. He's not right. saying no anything. On the air. Uh, there it is. There it is, Leon. You are in. You Damn are in. Am I in? Yes, you are, sir. Oh, interesting. You are there. We'll let you sleep in a little bit, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, we, maybe we do a uh, second hour and a half for you on uh, on Tuesday. I'm not even be... going to say. I'm not even going to say that I see Hacker and Coach Campo written down and not Leon. <laughs> I'm not even going to bring that up. Well, that's right. Coach Campo when he swings by uh, for yeah. our picks coming yeah. up at one thirty, one forty. Yeah. All right. So just, just real quick, staying on you know the Heisman uh, conversation, which we haven't really brought up, and then the college football conversation because I want to tie the two things together. Is uh, yeah, are, are college football fans going to think that they need to see the Heisman winner? this weekend as opposed to what they saw the entire college football season. I think you college football fans need to be a little more open-minded. Do not forget about Jaden Daniels, okay, before this uh, Heisman ballot and vote and everything goes out. Do not forget about him. Do not forget about some of the other guys. You know, you're going to see Bo Nix and Michael Penix, but you ain't going to see Marvin Harrison, okay? There's a lot of other good ones that are out there that people will quickly forget about. Out of sight, out of mind, Yeah, and Carson Beck may get and elevated. Jalen Milrow. may get elevated this weekend. You've got – the thing is, you have Bo Nix and Michael Penix playing in a standalone game tonight. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's a Friday night game, which wouldn't be as good as even a Thursday night game. But this is a chance for either one of those guys to really seize control of that race. It might be, yeah. And then, and then one of the other guys, Leon. And I'm not on, saying they've had better seasons than Jaden right. Daniels because they haven't. Right. All I'm saying is that's the way these Heisman voters think. Yeah, it, it, it's so funny. And, you know, I, I, I just – it drives me a little crazy because I think you ought to be looking at the sum total of the work. Not look at their career. I'm just meaning the sum total, Leon, of mm. the season. Yeah, but, I mean, we're prisoners of the moment, you know. Yeah. We, we really also prisoners are. of champions, too. A, a, exactly, that part right there. I mean, unfortunately, um, them not playing in the championship this weekend and, and those other guys being center stage on Friday and Saturday or whatever, I mean, it's going to be unfortunate for the guys that you think that are going to be front runners where they might they lose this opportunity to showcase their talent again. I forget, have, yeah. we, have we done this saucy nug on, no. on the program before, how in the college football playoff era – there are two quarterbacks yeah. who did not play in the playoffs and still won the, or did not appear in a championship game, I should say, mm-hmm. and still won the Heisman. Mm-hmm. Saucy yeah, Nugs. But, but they both, but they both had it? huge, huge seasons. Yeah. Johnny Manziel is one, yeah. right? No, no, so in the playoff no. oh, era, the playoff so beginning era. in 2014. Oh, okay. Your boy, El Boogie. El Boogie. Yeah, so Lamar, Lamar is Lamar one. Lamar and um, who's the other one? Let's see if you can get it. Uh, I know Lamar. I, I had uh, playoff era. I didn't want Hmm. I should have this in my head. If wow. you're going back in time, um, mm-hmm. Devonta played this weekend, right, when he won his? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. he played. Yeah. Um, played in the Burrow playoff, too. obviously did. Um, who? Who Baker is it? Mayfield did. Yeah. Yeah. He did, yeah. So it's not, I, I, was, I lied. It's not championship game. It is in the playoffs. It's in the playoffs. Okay. Okay. It's in the, in the playoffs. Playoff. Okay. So there's one other guy besides Lamar who his team did not make the playoff, but he still won the Heisman. Kyler was in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Baker was in it. Mm-hmm. Derrick Henry was obviously in it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Devonta ah. Smith was in it. Yeah, Devonta. Why can't I think of him? I'm drawing a blank. Joe Burrow was in it. Joe yeah, Burrow was, was definitely was in, in it. it. All right, who is it? Robert. Go Griffin ahead. Third? Well, no, Rob- that, was, that was pre. pre no, that, was pre though. that was pre. That's pre, RG3. though. Mm. I, can't, I don't know. How about last year? Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. Oh. 
USC. Ah, not yeah, part how, of the playoffs. The one. How quickly still won we forget? How quickly yeah, we forget? I wasn't saying anything. I was just letting you guys go, wow. man. Caleb because uh, look, look at these numbers that Jaden Daniels has. Okay, his last three games against Florida. Okay, record-setting performance against Florida. Florida was part of history. Six hundred and six total yards that he was responsible for with five touchdowns against Georgia State. Again, that's. You know what? He gained more against Florida than he did against Georgia State. He had 509 yards and eight touchdowns against Georgia State. Texas A&M, 355 yards and four touchdowns. So you add all that up. It's like just don't forget about the cat is all I'm saying. He's got 1,134 yards rushing and 10 touchdowns. Yeah. And he's got 3,812 yards passing and 40 touchdowns. And I wrote this about a week and a half ago. Every time he touches the ball, okay, yeah. his average per attempt is 11.7. It's nuts. Hang on a second. Average per attempt is 11.7. His average per rush is 8.4. Yeah. So every time he touches the ball, he averages the first down. Yeah, it's, it's the almost, ball is snapped to him, he averages the first down. It's almost second and one every single time. Mm. Okay? And the other part that I really want people to understand is that Bo Nix has 159 rushing yards. Michael Penix has minus 14. Jaden Daniels has 1,134 rushing yards, and his numbers in the passing game are not that far off. He has 38.12. Bo has 3,900. Penix has 38.99. We're not talking about a lot of difference, and he's gone 1,000 yards rushing the football on top of that. Matt and I have gone on the record on this show saying, if not for Jaden Daniels, that LSU team probably looks like Florida. If not worse. Oh, my gosh. Maybe I don't know about worse, but they, he's, he's, they're, he's, they're he's probably a like a 6-6 six six team or a 5-7 team. Now, by definitely. the mm-hmm. way, without him and neighbors and Brian number, Thomas, yeah, Brian Thomas. Who, who has oh worked gosh. his way into the first round, which is what I want to pair. So I want to pair good. this conversation with that. We know Caleb Williams and Drake May will be going in some form or fashion, Leon, in the top yeah. five per of touch. this April's NFL yeah. draft. Oh, we know yeah. that much. Who will join them? Who's the third quarterback, fourth quarterback off the board? Do we see – three to four quarterbacks in the top ten in April. Uh, Because the the reason I ask that is two of the three guys that we just talked about in Bo Nix and Michael Penix, who we will see on national television tonight, are 24 years old. Yeah, like the the Mel's of the world have already worked five into the first round. I'm pretty sure he has five against early. I don't know I've what seen, order they go in. Yeah, I've seen I've seen Caleb Williams. I've seen uh, Drake, Drake May. May. I've seen Jalen Daniels. Mm-hmm. I've seen um, – J.J. McCarthy, mm-hmm. and I've seen Bo Nix. Those are the five I've seen. Yeah. And Penix. And they, had, they said Bo Nix had to work his way back into the Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, he really did. He really did. Mm-hmm. All right, just real quick before we get away from it, let's stay on the Heisman with a bold fact, uh, J.J. Let's do one more uh, because uh, we're talking college ball here. Here's a bold fact brought to you by Bold City Brewery, Duval's first craft brewery, online at boldcitybrewery.com. Uh, don't forget about Bold City Brewery when you're heading downtown Monday Night Football. Monday night, you could start your party there. Head to the production house in Riverside on Roselle or head to Bold City downtown any day of the week. And, of course, look for their craft all over the First Coast. Uh, BoldCityBrewery.com. This is where I take the laptop. And I move it away from Matt Hayes. Uh-oh. Okay, I now never is, like. I don't understand I'm why just, you said I never look at your to, I'm just trying to make sure, just in case they see it on YouTube. I'm just trying to make sure. Now these are a bunch. Okay, I just want to get to them because it's worth pointing out. Because you guys will get a bunch of these, and Matt Hayes will probably, you know, be one of the main ones. Touchdowns scored over fifty, over fifty by Heisman Trophy winners. By the time we got to. Uh, the end and the voting. Just to give you an idea, 
of how different it is from the very beginning. There were guys that were responsible for 20 touchdowns winning the Heisman, 23 touchdowns uh, from, let's see here, one of the quarterbacks back in the day. Played in a lot right, less games. Me. Huh? Yeah. Probably yeah. played no, in like three right. less games back then, but yeah. But, but like Vinny Testaverde, I don't know how many games they played, but Vinny in, in 1986 was responsible for 30 touchdowns. Go that was see, it. Go look and see how many yeah, he, uh, touchdowns Gary How many Bean interceptions did he have? Uh, I don't, uh, he had, he had 16. Yeah, how many, have, how many did he have in the, the regular season, Vinny? I believe he had, oh, like Chris Winkie. Chris Winkie only had 34 touchdowns, okay? Because he threw the same in one game. All right, so here we go. There, here right? we go. Give me the ones that are over 50. <laughs> Cameron okay. Newton. Joe Burrow. All right, let's see if we can Joe dig them up. Joe Burrow. First Caleb ding, Williams. First thing is for, for Joe Burrow. What would you say, JJ? Cameron Newton. No. Caleb Whoa. Williams. Joe Burrow, Caleb Williams, Lamar. Uh, no to Caleb Williams. Not over 50 total? Uh, no, passing, passing, oh, touchdown. Passing. Oh, passing. Yeah. passing. I thought you said total. Well, no, actually, no, I take it back. Okay, he has 47 total. Total. So yeah, what's had, the number? Yeah, had, what's the number? Timmy's one. Huh? Yeah, 52. Tebow, Tebow had 52. Caleb Williams had 37 touchdowns, uh, passing 10 rushing. Timmy Tebow had 51. All right, so there's two. Okay. So it's Burrow and Tebow. So 50 is the number. Yeah, Tim over 50. Tim okay. Tebow had 51 touchdowns. Total, yeah. yeah. 29. Throwing. And they lost three games that year? Yeah. 22 rushing. Yes. Four games, I think. Three or four. God. Yeah, they were 8-4. Yeah, what were the rest beat, of the team doing? But they were 8-3 and three <laughs> when this happened, when he won the highs. <laughs> Uh, Le- um, Leon, Leon threw out RG3 earlier, so I think it comes yeah. full circle. I think RG, it's Mac, uh, isn't it? It's not RG3. Oh. He had 45. Mac had 40. He didn't rush for any, huh? Johnny, Man- no, Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel had 43. Mm. L Bookie's not in it? Uh, let's see here. Let's see where Lamar is at. Let's ring him up. 51 right, so total ah. touchdowns L for L Boogie. How many total are we looking for? Uh, we are looking for Fifth. one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, six, and we're pretty close right now. Okay. Robert Jameis? No, no, I said him. Um, Jameis had a total of 42. Mm. Robert Griffin? Um, no, RG3. Where did I give him? Uh, 45. Uh, uh, what's, the guys, what's the Nebraska quarterback? Frazier? No, he didn't. Nope. We're Come down on. to a couple. At least I don't know if I heard one of these. Josh so right Heibel. now we got – tell me if I got this right. We need to get, get moving. Lamar Jackson, Joey Burrow, Timmy Tebow. Who else have you all named? I mean, we've said a bunch. Well, hell, we said, said a bunch, yeah. Joe. Just give us the list. <laughs> All right, so here it is. <laughs> this is the classic Joe. This no, is, no. This I'm is just a classic. It's not me. Just you give guys, us the whole list. You guys can't get it right. Give us the All whole right. list. Uh, Sam Bradford is at the top. Okay. Wow. 53 total They're touchdowns. They were putting up numbers that year. Tied for Sam, or at the top with Sam Bradford, is another guy not mentioned, Marcus Mariota. Oh. 53 total Oregon. touchdowns. Classic. Then Lamar, then Burrow, and the last guy not mentioned, tied with Timmy T- Tebow, Kyler Murray. Oh. 51. Mm. So there you go. Oklahoma, baby. Yep, so there you go. And they were putting them up left and right. But it's classic when you go back in time and see how few – Look at him, Matt. Just see how few, uh, you know, less yeah. and less and less yeah. for guys that were winning. And, by the way, there were a lot of running backs winning them. That's why they had less touchdowns. Because when Eddie George was winning them, he had 25 total touchdowns, one of them receiving <laughs> 24 on the ground. All right, let's get ready for our man Rick Ballou. We are hanging out at Players Grill Mandarin. We'd love to see you. Again, when we say uh, what Phil and Megan have done, they've done it here. They've done it in the Miramar area on Hendricks. They've done it out at Oakley. So make sure you check out any one of the players' grills, including right here whenever they celebrate a Jaguar win. You need to be part of it where the neighborhood meets.
Let's ring up another guest on the All Pro Roofing phone line. Rick Ballou joining us now live because, folks, this isn't just any Florida State Seminole breakdown. This is an ACC championship Florida State game breakdown with the one, the only Rick Ballou, who you get each and every night into the night right here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Ricky B, how are the vibes feeling out in Tallytown right now? Oh, the importance of this one. I mean, the play for the ACC crown, this is what it's all about. This is why people choose to go to Florida State. This is why people choose to go to Louisville, try to win this game. And uh, right now, you know, there's a, there's a lot of uncertainty in the air. Um no one protects his players like Mike Norvell. The uncertainty of Kate Rodemaker, who apparently has been in the concussion protocol. He has not been involved this week in any 11-on-11. He has thrown some individual drills, but it's been Brock Glenn, for the most part, who has been taking um, you know, the starting role over whenever they do team offense against team defense. So we're going to have to wait. I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a flip of the coin. My guess is that Rodemaker does start, but you're going to see both quarterbacks tomorrow night, I do believe, from Florida State. All right, Rick. For, first and foremost, I want to say congratulations. 12-0 ACC championship game. That's coming from McCain, and I do mean it from the heart. <laughs> Thank you very much. That he's looking at me crazy. But, hey, but uh, Rick, I, I, I watched the Louisville-Kentucky game, and I'm watching Louisville, and they – they control all the statistical advantages over Kentucky, except the one thing, the turnovers. Two lost fumbles, the interception. How, how, how important is it for this Florida State defense to create turnovers to help the offense get more possessions in this game? Well, you know, I, I think it's arguably the biggest key, that with running and stopping the run. I mean, Florida State's number one in the nation. They, they've only turned the ball over five times. This year, Jordan Travis only had two picks. Uh, Rodemakers get to have one, three lost fumbles. On the flip side, you know, they're plus 11. So they've done a nice job this year uh, forcing some turnovers. They have dropped quite a few interceptions. That could be problematic. Jack Plummer, you know, is a guy who's been with Brian Brom, uh, Jeff Brom at, uh, at Purdue and then, you know, joined him uh, here now at Louisville. And, uh, you know, Plummer's a guy – uh, who has thrown for more than 20 touchdown passes, but he has also thrown for quite a few picks. So I, I think that's huge in this game. And, you know, you're right. If you did not watch the game and just looked at the numbers, you're like, wait a minute here. You know, Louisville had 403 yards. Kentucky only had 289. How did they score 31 points in the second half? Well, they got a 100-yard kick return, and they also set up uh, a couple of scores by, by forcing those takeaways. So, yeah, that, that is abs- – I mean, it's enormous in any game. But I, I, I really like Florida State's chances here because of the number I gave you at the top. But we have to take into consideration that in 11 of those 12 games, Jordan Travis was your starting quarterback. Uh, but, yes, that's going to be a big-time factor tomorrow night. Rick, regardless of who plays quarterback, if you get a Florida State dub, we will then move into the best four versus most deserving floor in the playoff. And if I'm not mistaken, you've always been a best four guy, right? So, now, yes. so then what happens? Where do, where do you sit on that? If Florida State wins, where do you sit? Because it, do, you, do you believe they are one of the best four teams in the country with whoever's playing quarterback? No. No, I don't. And, you know, are they deserving? Sure. You go 13-0, you win the ACC, I, I think you're in. But, 
I mean, they're not one of the best four teams in college football when you lose your starting quarterback. Now, you take your starting quarterback away from Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State, Michigan, Texas, Oregon, and Washington, I'd be saying the same thing thing, about those schools outside of maybe Georgia and Michigan. So I think they deserve to get in, but are they one of the four best teams right now in, in college football with a with a backup quarterback who's in the concussion protocol? No, uh, they're not. And I think it's going to so be you, really will interesting. Will you be jacked up if they don't get in and they're 13-0? Well, here's where I'm at. I, 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 um, you know, you, it'd be tough to tell those kids, hey, you, you, you can't play. But right. have you looked at the odds? I mean, yeah. right now the projection is Florida State against Georgia – Georgia's a 16-point favorite. Florida State yeah. against Michigan, Michigan is a 15-and-a-half-point favorite. You, you, the, the goal is to put the four best teams in college football in this playoff. Um, who wants this? This is like a directional matchup. A six, I mean, you're talking about a three-point. Yeah. No, honestly, you're talking about a three-possession difference in the final four. So, I think Boo Corrigan and company, they're going to be under a tremendous amount of pressure. But I really think the only way it happens is if Bama beats Georgia. If Georgia wins and Michigan wins and then the winner of Oregon-Washington is in, if Florida State beats Louisville, I do think they are going to get in. All right, we're talking with Rick Ballou into the night coming up later. He'll set that up for you. And then at Ballou1010x on social, and, and you know, you're the, you're the true teller. I love that you acknowledge it. But look back last week, Rick, what Kentucky did to Louisville, I think, surprised a lot of people. It's not like Louisville is all of that all of the time. So this could go down. It could go down in your favor. Yeah, it could. And and you know what? Typically these things work out, right? I mean, there's always some craziness here during Championship Sunday. You know, we saw it a year ago when, when uh, you know, USC lost and even Ohio State lost their last regular season game to Michigan. Ohio State made their way back into the, to the Final Four. So, uh, you know, I, I've talked with two different bookmakers uh, in Las Vegas, and I'm going to have another on today. In the, uh, in the Philly Rooster at 640, and they're all over the injury. I mean, the money is, is almost on the cusp of, of flipping. It's down to one and a half, one in some circles, but then all of a sudden you start looking at the team, you know, it's over 70% right now. It's, it's starting to, to hit 75, or getting close to 75% of all bets, whether it's a $10 bet or a 10 grand bet. They're all coming in here now on Louisville. So, it's been a lot of public money, but it, it, what's going to be really interesting here is, uh, I, I guess, you know, some of the wise guys really loaded up early on Louisville when the line came out. There's a, there's a thinking that they're going to do the exact same thing, whether that's late tonight or at some point tomorrow. So I would not be shocked at all if by the time Tomey's weather tomorrow night at 8 o'clock, you see this line and even pick them or possibly – even Louisville being favored by, you know, a half point or a point. Well, Rick, before we let you go, we actually have a question for you on our YouTube chat line uh, from some of your fellow Knowles. Do you think Mike Norvell has a package ready for Brock Glenn? Slash, do you think even if Tate Rodemaker is cleared through the concussion protocol and can play tomorrow, we would still see the true freshman? 
Yeah, I think he's going to come in. And, you know, when he came in on Saturday, they, they had him roll out for a pass on his very first, um, you know, attempt or, or his very first snap, which is almost unheard of. Whenever a quarterback goes down, you bring in your second-string guy. Uh, in this case, it would be the third-string guy. You most, you know, it's it's got to be over 90% that you obviously turn around and hand the football to a running back, and they didn't with Glenn. He is incredibly mobile. He is a dual threat. And I do think that that's going to be a part of this. Uh, Louisville is really good at running the football and stopping the run. That's going to be their recipe tomorrow. I mean, they got two backs that combined over, you know, 1,700 yards with uh, Jahari Jordan leading the way. And defensively, they're stout as well. They're also pretty good at getting after the quarterback. But I do think that that will be uh, brought in. And, you know, it was interesting last week with, Tate Rodemaker, they ran a whole bunch of RPOs, which I thought was really baffling. Why would you consistently run an RPO if your quarterback's not going to run? And then he finally ran the first time, and that's when he got hit by both those Florida Gators, and it ended up knocking him out for you know a short period of time. So, yeah, I mean, listen, this game could be all. Uh, this could be all, Glenn. We, we just do not know what is going on. And, you know, I'll give Mike Norvell a lot of credit. He has stamped fear on the team, on the staff, on the beat reporters that if you want access to this team, you will not talk about injuries. I, I got lit up by Mike Norvell when, you know, two days here at UNF, Jordan, uh, you know, Travis, excuse me, uh, Jared Burst didn't practice either day. And I've never in my 30 plus years after a practice or a game known that you cannot ask the head coach about an injury or about a guy who wasn't practicing. And I asked Mike Norvell, and, bro, he lit me up. That That is his standard. He will not talk about injuries, and his team absolutely buys into that. They will not discuss it. So I don't think there will be any leak on this Tate Rodemaker thing unless they announce he's not going to play. I don't think we'll know until right around kickoff time tomorrow night. I mean, bottom line, he wanted no part of the truth teller. That's bottom line. <laughs> hey, Matt, you've hey, been listen. doing this forever, too. Have you ever heard of a coach not, no, never. not talking never. about an injury after a practice? Never. Never. Yeah. So listen to this. Let, let's get away from the field real quick because about an hour ago, Florida State flipped Kai Bates, who's an elite corner, a four-star corner who had been committed to LSU. Florida State now solidly a top three recruiting class. He's now hit the point, Rick, where it's turned. He, you know, he had to use the portal the first few years because that's, you know, the, the Florida State the brand right wasn't there. the Florida State brand wasn't as strong as it had been in the past. Now yeah. it's strong again. He's flipped it now. Now he's an elite high school recruiter. And I think that if you're looking at like uh, uh, key indicators for the future, that's got to be huge for Florida State. Well, it, it is, and and that's what makes this team so likable. Okay, this is a three-star team. This is a transfer portal team. If you look at if you look at true, um, you know, four- and five-star athletes, Florida has more. Miami has more. There's 25, 30 teams in college football who have more. He's won with these guys. They've improved under his watch. It's been a phenomenal staff in the way that they have coached these kids. Now he's going to start to get these four- and five-star kids. He's going to have more talented players. You know, I said at the top that Florida State's not one of the four best teams. Just look at the point spread because of the loss of their quarterback, well, that's going to change for years to come because now Mike Norvell 
is starting to get the best talent out of high school. Imagine what things could be like then for Florida State. Again, he's winning this year with primarily three stars, and that says an awful lot about him and uh, his coaching staff. Pat Sertan, man, taking over in that secondary uh, has been huge uh, landing all of these recruits uh, there in the back end. It really does, dude. It really does. All right, so you got it set up later on uh, into the night, and uh, and you'll be covering it all. Well, you know, and, and I was going to say this for tonight, but someone let J.J. LaSalva know that the truth teller went 10-0 and zero on his Ooh, picks last week. Wow. And the separation is, is underway on our huge duel. By the way, our, our, uh, J.J. is such a fan favorite. I can't figure out why that is, but we have that coming up tonight. Uh, Tim Brando had to push it back to tonight because he got he got college hoops, uh, so he's mm-hmm. going to join us. And I have more reaction from the Jaguars locker room, so really looking forward to it. It's going to be a blast coming up six to eight. All right, brother, appreciate it, man. We'll we'll be listening. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Uh, all right, you too. Uh, definitely looking forward to it. Uh, FSU defense not allowing thirty points in a game this season. And I want to know whether or not uh, uh, Louisville can no. do that. <laughs> well, and to be fair with Belusa, they had a bunch of three-star guys. They've yeah. got about 12 NFL draft picks in that Oh, team. they've got a so lot of good players. Don't listen to that three-star like, stuff, he, okay? he knows that, that Norvell is turning the corner on the high, high school, school front yes. like he has in that transfer portal. There's no question about that. All right, Coach Camp will be rolling in. Big Sir's almost done uh, with his day, but we're going to uh, pair it all up, and we're going to have some picks coming up, uh, and we'll see what direction we're all going in as we hang out here at the Players Grill Mandarin uh, with Phil and Megan and all the success that they've had. They want to share with you. Just drop on by, enjoy a great afternoon, lunch, cold beer, whatever it might be where the neighborhood meets. Now, the Otterson Wealth Advisors Risk-Reward Picks of the Week. Otterson Wealth Advisors, your goals, our expertise. All right, guys, it is time once again for the picks. Mia is just absolutely destroying the boys. I I don't want to call it, but uh, I don't want to jinx it. Don't call it. Yeah, but she is uh, seven games above coach right now. I'm right on coach's tail. Um, I'm a couple games back at him. Joe finally passed the uh, 500 mark at 38 and 37. Leon 35 and 40. Matt 32 and 43. All I right. I wish I would pass the 500 mark on my real bets. <laughs> hey JJ, hey JJ, you could you don't even have to ask me for mine. I'm I'm taking exactly what Mia picks. The exact same or the exact opposite. <laughs> You're not going to make up any ground that I'm going to ride in on her for a little while. She's been so good that it's almost time to start fading her, honestly. True. But uh, she's been very impressive this year. So we will start with Mia, (laughs) and we'll start with the NFL. Lions at Saints. Joe's Lions are on the road, but they are four-point favorites. Mia. Did you guys see that uh, Derek Carr's brother, David Carr, now works number one? Number one, he now works for Mm NFL.com. Number two, he picked the Saints to be the second-half team that goes to the Super Bowl. I'm Whoa. not sure if that was just, like, being a brother or some sort of insight. I am not picking the Saints. I am picking the Lions to bounce back from the Thanksgiving debacle. But, yeah, I mean, if you're looking to defend your brother, that's one thing. But uh, Super Bowl, Saints, I'm not so sure about that one. Coach? Okay, I'm going with the Detroit Lions. I think they're ready to bounce back and, and let it eat. You know what? My Lions need to get their heads out of their <laughs> proverbial rear ends, Leon. Uh, what do you call yeah. the People butt of a lion? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's the south end of a northbound uh, feline, okay? Yeah. 
and they need to get it out of there. Yeah. People I'm a are hy- worried about People it. are hyping up Trayvon Walker more than Aiden Hutchinson. <gasps> Nationally! What people? Nationally. Yeah, I haven't heard I haven't much heard hype about people? either one. Right. All right, what do you got, Leon? I got well, What do you I got, got Joe? You got the Lions? Oh, okay. Am I, am I ahead of Leon right now? Yeah, you are. Oh, I love it. I love it, Vic. I love that. So you guys I are both taking the Lions? Lions? Okay. I'm laying the points. Yeah, Lions. I mean, I got to take the Saints. There's no other way right now. I'm so far down, I got to take the Saints. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I'm taking yeah. the Lions. All right, next up, Broncos at the Texans. I'm a little surprised by this line. The Broncos are hot right now. But the Texans at home are a three-point favorite. Mia. I just want to know how the Texans lucked into this many home games. I feel like they've been at home for like the last like six straight weeks outside of that Cincinnati game. I will go with the Texans to bounce back. Listen, I'm going with this one because I want it to happen. I'm taking the Broncos. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. Hell yeah, Coach. I, I feel like the Broncos. I hope you're right, by the way. Yes, yeah. so I become, you You've become quite the fanboy, Dave. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, in this case, he's, he definitely is. But, you know, look, I, I just think the Broncos haven't played enough good competition, and I think it's going to be a tough one for, for Russell on the road. I, I think I'm actually going to lay the points, sirs. Oh, okay. Oh. I, I, this Broncos team is hot. 5 and 0. Oh. Russ is not Rust is is Russell again. Uh, I'm going to go with the I'm going with the Broncos. You remember you remember the media now. You can't be a fanboy, okay? That's true. All right. Yeah. Actually, you can now. Coach and I never be media. Yeah. Never. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Texans. I think the Texans are a pretty good team. I'm taking the Texans. <clears throat> I'm taking the Broncos. I think the Broncos win this one outright. All right. This obviously the game of the weekend. Niners at Eagles. The Niners on the road in Philadelphia, though, are three-point favorites. Mia? No question for me. Niners outright. I think that San Francisco learned something in that three-game losing streak. It woke them up. And also, I think that the law of averages suggests the Eagles have to come back down to earth at some point. They can't keep getting away with this. The Niners get them this week. But maybe they get the Niners in the NFC Championship game again. I'm not certain. Coach? I'm going with the Eagles. I, I tell you what, I think the Eagles at home are, are better than anybody. And I'm going with the Eagles. I feel like catching points is important here because I, I keep trying to out them and they won't, you can't extinguish them. You really can't. Mm. Uh, the fact that the Niners are a three point favorite on the road is telling you something. That's for sure. But I think I'm going to go ahead and, um, and take those points. Mm. I'm going to take the Niners. I think, the, I think the Niners are grooving right about the right time of the season, right after Thanksgiving on a three-game run. I think they, they, they're going to go into Philadelphia and win. You're 10-1 and one and you're getting three points at home? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, Eagles. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm, the guy, I'm the guy that keeps saying I, I don't believe in the Eagles, but, I mean, I, I don't know how you don't take the Eagles as a home dog. Um, I think the there's something weird about that line. That's why I'm going with Niners. Like, for them to put it so high, I think the Niners are going to win pretty easily. Um, all right, let's switch up college football time, folks. Huge weekend, obviously. Um, we'll start with tonight's game. So Oregon uh, versus Washington. I believe this is in Las Vegas. Um, Oregon is a yeah. nine-point favorite. Mia, who you got? I Whoa. can't believe that the line is what it is. Oregon's absolutely rolling now. I think they're a top-three team in the country. I'm going to take the Ducks, but I'm rooting for Washington simply to make it a good game because I'd like to be entertained, but I think that the uh, the big Oregon machine rolls tonight. I, I really uh, – nine points. I mean, golly. 
With they Michael know, they Penix, have to know something. With Michael Penix at quarterback uh, with Washington, ah, ah, I'm sticking with me. I'm going with the Ducks. I think they're the best team. After all that, Coach, you right. still went with the Ducks? Yeah. I thought for mm. sure you were going Washington. I believe in me more than I do Oregon. Well, mm. I'm going to go Donald Duck. <laughs> Joe's been on the duck train for a while. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, an a he's an OG. He's an OG. So this is the reason why I don't believe in the Pac-12 right here. You got two heavyweights that's gonna be. They they, they got the line at Tyson Spinks. <laughs> All right. So I'm going with the Ducks to win. See, Man. you don't want the Ducks to it's win be because if the Ducks win, more than likely Bo's gonna have a big game. And if Bo has a big game, nah, I don't care you might be doing that cartwheel. I don't care about no Bo. <laughs> I can't wait for the cartwheel. <laughs> I think I've convinced all of you guys what I said earlier. Ducks big, man. Big, big, big. Yeah, I'm on that train as well. Washington's looked – they've really limped to the finish line this yeah, season. Yeah, they have. If, they you, have. Uh, if you had to just escape Wazoo and Michael Penix looked like he was throwing up on the sidelines, that's when you know. Yeah, last five games they've won by ten points or less. Speaking so they, of – They definitely have struggled. Limping to the finish line, Florida State. Florida mm-hmm. State in Charlotte. The weather's supposed to be nasty. Plays Louisville. Florida State, a one-and-a-half-point favorite against Louisville. Who you got? <clears throat> I got Florida State by two. Wow. It's not going wow. to be pretty. They're going to squeak it out and then let the discourse begin of if you narrowly beat into Louisville, if you're down to your third-string quarterback, Ooh, it's going to get nasty. Are you still considered one of the four best teams? I can't wait for Mike Dempsey to hang a banner if they don't get included <laughs> in the playoff, by the way. That's what I'm really rooting for. Mm. All right. We'll fly right. it right next to Joe's UCF flag. Exactly. <laughs> Damn right. All right, listen. I I love nastiness. So I'm going to take the underdog here. I'm going with Louisville coming in there to Charlotte and letting it eat. I'm going with Louisville. Louisville. I'm going with the fighting Jeff Brahms. Come on, uh, Jack Plummer. Yeah. <laughs> See, I told you I wanted to be there with Florida State Falls from that high mountaintop. It's not high enough, okay? <laughs> the mountaintop's not high enough, all right? But I'm still going to enjoy seeing them tumble this Saturday. Oh, damn. You just jinxed it. <laughs> FSU's going to win now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not confident. It all, comes down, it all comes down to what back picks. Whichever one he picks going to lose. I'm not <laughs> – right, thanks, Dave. I'm not uh, – I'm not confident Jack Plummer not throwing a couple of pick sixes, actually. Honestly, Whoa. in bad weather, he he has not played well in big games. The man. best player on the um, field might be said Benson. He's like second team All ACC yeah. this year. Yeah. He's had a great yeah, season. Okay. Yeah. I don't he care. No, yeah, no, yeah. What? Um, I mean, just saying, he is second team ACC. He's pretty. He's I had mean, a really we, good season. If we if we want to go down the statistics, you know, road, we'll go start talking. He about is a future guy in games investigator right, um, on Netflix, Jack Plummer. I'm <laughs> gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go Florida State in that defense. I am. I'm gonna. I'm gonna lay that point in half. I think Florida State's gonna. I'm win. feeling really good now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last but certainly not least, uh, this is the national championship game. As far as I'm concerned, whoever wins this will win the national title. Georgia versus Alabama. Georgia, a five and a half point favorite in Atlanta. I got the dogs by a touchdown, but it's going to be a last second dramatic touchdown because I think Jalen Milrow is going to keep Alabama in this one. We will be so entertained before we have to watch a god awful offense face the best defense in the nation in Iowa, Michigan at 8 p.m. 
And also, Denny Thompson will earn his long-awaited trip to New York City at Christmas time with the lovely Angie because Carson Beck will be the fourth finalist for the Heisman at the Heisman ceremony next Saturday. By the way, Louisville FSU is at 8, so we'll actually be watching that. There's also that, that, but that may not be a lot of offense either, like you said, with the ugly weather. Coach? All right, J.J., I'm going to – I'm, I'm really vacillating on this one, but uh, I, I'm going to take the dogs. I, I just think that they're uh, the best team in the country, and uh, I think they, they're not going to let this one get away. Uh, I, I really – Five and a half a lot, though. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah, I, I hope for a great game, of course, but I do believe pressure on Beck we haven't seen. I think we will see it, and I do think Jalen Mil- Milrow, the way he can stress a defense. Those are my two things that I've been looking at this entire week, so i, I got to take the points. Well, I used to call – you know what? I, when Nick Saban had Alabama, I used to call them the Death Star, the evil empire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Georgia is now the Death Star, the evil <laughs> empire. <laughs> Taken away from him. Nick doesn't like that. I like Nick. I like <laughs> Alabama in this game. I like I Nick. like Alabama. Listen. Uh, I'm going to take Alabama with an upset. Go, I, I go hate ahead, to say man. this to you guys, but I'm feeling blowout in this game too. Mm. I really am. Mm. And it's not going to be as bad as the Oregon blowout, but I think Georgia wins rather easily. I do. Listen. I think they're a complete team. They're playing really, really well right now. They're, they're, think, they're definitely cresting up. There's no question. I just think that Alabama offensive line is going to come back to haunt them. And what if it reverts back and it turns might. into a pumpkin? Yeah, Ugh. it might. It's just that I just don't see a lot of defensive pressure uh, from that Georgia front. Maybe, maybe I'm way off there. All right, J.J., what do you got? Um, I believe Kirby Smart is 1-4 against Nick Saban, the one win Mm. being after they lost two of their, obviously, their best wide receivers, NFL stars. Um, I think Bama wins this game, and I think they go on to win the national championship. Roll damn tide. Wow. Wow. That's a statement, JJ. All right, so listen to this. Undefeated team versus one lost teams, all right? And we're going back in time. Alabama was the number three team overall. Florida was the number six team overall. You go back to 1994, Spurriers, Florida Gators won. Number four, Florida over number two, Alabama, 2008, Florida won. Number one, Alabama versus Georgia in 2018, Alabama won. LSU beat Georgia as the number two team in the country. Alabama beat Georgia as the number three team when Georgia was number one. And we'll find out whether it goes down Alabama's way or Georgia's way tomorrow afternoon all right we got them all in there we're gonna get into the two o'clock hour we're hanging out here at players grill mandarin otterson wealth advisors bringing you our risk reward picks as we will head to the two o'clock hour we're gonna have coach for the hour we're also going to talk to jamie rogers because he's one of the many schools that are still alive in the postseason with our first coast area over there in bradford county so the tornadoes are trying to play on because i think there's a total of five Five that are still alive on the first coast. Now, Big Sirs. Yeah. What's your pick as far as uh, what's your big upset? Did you say Alabama up outright? Alabama. Okay. Yeah, I got right. And by the way, before I leave, mm-hmm. just want to let you know, four and zero against number one teams in my career. Oh, that is pretty good. <laughs> A that. little that's humble nice. brag. You know what? You leave. That is that's four, nice to have four, in your wall to pull everyone's. Four and zero. Four and zero, baby. Awesome. Here's my card. <laughs> Number, yeah. number one team. Four you, notice that the, you notice that's that really the ex-NFL nice have, guys, they're, they're all over there telling exactly oh. what they have and oh. what they're doing. That's beautiful. All right, Big, enjoy the rest of the afternoon. Appreciate it. And by the way, right. Big, we did look at the schedule. Mm-hmm. You don't oh. have to do the graveyard shift on oh. Monday night. That's just the gentleman sitting all the way to my I hat. do. Yeah. And now, by the way, I, I forgot this, Leon. I got to yeah. say it over the air because Pete Mitchell, the great maverick that he is, 
he did send me a picture of him celebrating in the end zone against your Miami Hurricanes. So I will make sure that you see well, this. Well, that's a nice picture, but that was the one touchdown they got in the game. <laughs> that's all he cares about. That's all he cares. <laughs> all right, Vic. All right, Rob. Uh, he is out uh, at Leon Sursa Jr. You want to make sure you check him out, and then uh, we will head into the 2 o'clock hour. Mostly Jags, mostly NFL, but then also Jamie Rogers from Bradford County will join us. XL Primetime from the Players' Grill of Mandarin. The Big Hair Heavy Metal Friday on XL Primetime. Big Hair Heavy Metal will end it in the 2 o'clock hour with our anthem. You know, we get fired up on Friday, so we want you to get fired up with the we're not going to take it on the way out along with Big John Henderson. And, I, you know, I know there's going to be some uh, loud and proud Duval cheers on Monday night, but we'll get you started with ours Friday afternoon before we are done. We've been hanging out at the Players Grill right here in Mandarin, and it's great to see a lot of the uh, Mandarin Nooners. You know, I, I say Mandarin Nooners, but I'm looking at Boomer Sooner from the beach. He drove from the beach to come say hello. We've got some of our loyal listeners hanging out. We've got those that crossed the Buckman. So when you do that, let me tell you something. You cross the Buckman for somebody, that's a commitment, okay? And that means they love uh, 1010XL and XL Primetime. A little so disappointed totally, he didn't walk we in totally with a little Boomer. We totally appreciate that. Mm-hmm. A little disappointed he didn't walk in screaming Boomer. Uh, yeah. They're not going to be soon. playing tomorrow. That's probably yeah, why. Yeah. Hey, but Anton played Showed pretty colors, good. Man. So uh, there's a reason for Oklahoma fans to be rejoicing in this town is they're not Coach Campo. Absolutely. Let's begin with uh, that offensive line as we kind of look ahead now to the Bengals this weekend, but looking back still at that Texans win. I saw a couple stats this week, and I was excited to save them for when we got to see you on Friday. He's currently ranked number one among all rookie offensive linemen in terms of pass protection. I know there's been some critique as far as the run game goes. Will he get better in the run game? He's not finishing his blocks. But, yes, I think the Sooner fans in attendance, I think they can rejoice that the Jaguars hit on their first-round pick. There's no question. I mean, the guy is, is really, in my mind, has improved in every ball game. It's not one of those things where, you know, you see him have a, a big game and then a, then a really poor game. Now, is he, does he have room to grow? Absolutely. You know, he's, but he's so athletic right. that once he figures it out, you know, the, the way defensive linemen, you know, when they're going to, when they're going to try to make a move on him, when he has to be a little bit more under control, uh, you know, set-wise, he's got to know who the guy is that he's facing. Those are things that he'll get better with with experience. But and, I think he's he's definitely a first-round guy, and, and I think he'll be a good one for a long time. Yeah, you've always preached it to me, and I, I try and preach it to other people as well, is that just because they came in good doesn't mean they can't get better, okay? It doesn't mean they can't get better because you got to draft and develop. What do you do? You're a coach. Absolutely. You make people better. Uh, I'll never forget the story you had about Rasheen Mathis, and right. you can tell it real quick. Right. Well, I can tell that one quick. I came yeah. in, you know, and obviously I had a few skins in, uh, on the wall, you know, having yeah. the three Super Bowl uh, wins. And I watched a lot of tape on Rasheen. He was a safety that had moved to corner. Mm-hmm. And this was his – he had just gone through his first year as a corner. So when I came in, I said, man, this guy's, this guy's got ta- a tremendous amount of talent. So I brought him in because he's one of the guys I wanted to make sure that he was on my – we were on the same page. Mm-hmm. So I brought him in, and I sat him down. I put the film on. I said, Rasheen, look, uh, you know, here's some things that you need to improve on. You've got a chance to be really, really good, and here they are. So yeah. he – he watches the tape, and I pointed them out to him, and I said, no, I, I shut the tape off, 
and I had one of my Super Bowl rings on. I put it right in front of him like this, and I said, Rasheen, if you buy into me, you will be in the Pro Bowl in two years. Yeah. Well, he bought in, and he went to the Pro Bowl the next year. Yeah. Now, a lot of that was his talent, but it was also just the idea that you can make guys better yes. if you want to coach them up, and that's, that's what's important. All right, you're the only NFL coach at this table or in this entire joint for that matter. What do you do with a team who is going up playing a team that has lost their starting quarterback, that is clearly a now shell of what they were? Because when you lose your starting quarterback, that's an issue. Um, how do you get them to say, to look at this game as it's the NFL, man? Anything can happen, especially on a Monday night with these guys still have a chance to make the playoffs. There's still a lot to play for for them. Yeah, well, first of all, I think it's pretty easy with this team coming up because if you look at statistically – uh, Browning in three games has the same quarterback rating as Trevor Lawrence. So these guys, we, you've heard me say it a hundred times, that, that every one of these guys is, are good. Right. It's just in relative position to everybody else that's in there. Levels but, of good, right. But they are capable of any time coming in. Browning is capable of coming in and having a great ball game, and that's what it's about. It's just this ball game. This team that they're playing has championship DNA all over that team. You know, they've been to the to the final game, you know, uh, regularly here recently. So you look at the people that are playing and, and the, the, the Boyds, the, the Higgins, the – I mean, their defense shut Chase. down the Niners. Yeah, and the defense uh, is excellent. Hendrickson is a, is a, is a force. Oh, yeah, legit. Uh, Reader, the defensive tackle, is one of the better run defensive tackles in the league. So, Hubbard. Hubbard's a good player. Hubbard's yeah. a good player. He got both edges. Yeah. So when when I when I would, would be talking to this team, I would say, "Hey guys, we're good. They're good. Yeah. We better come ready to play." And 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 you know, every game is the same. That and intensity I, that you talked about yeah, that, that and, they didn't have with the Texans the first time. Right. That they didn't have with the Niners. They've got to immediate. It's first got try. to come right out of the blocks. Yeah. And and I think Doug Peterson is perfect for it because Peterson is not up and down, up and down. He's the same. Here's what we need to do. Here's right. what we need to do. And after getting the – when you lose one to the Houston Texans in the first one and you get blown out in one, those are two great learning experiences. One of them because you 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 probably weren't ready. You were reading your uh, clippings. The other one against San Francisco, you weren't quite as good as you thought you were unless you play your best game. Hopefully those are enough learning experiences for the team to rally themselves when you look at the Bengals, I wouldn't take this team lightly at all. As Devin Lloyd reminded me yesterday, he played against Jake Browning in a Pac-12 championship game, which right. Jake Browning and Washington won. So he's right. no stranger to big games. My concern for him would be that offensive line that we talked about it yesterday on the program. Like, they invested so much money in Orlando Brown Jr., all these various free agent signings, yeah. guys that they've drafted, and it's still not coming together. I want to pair that coach with an interesting stat from ESPN this morning. Did y'all know Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker are the only duo in the NFL this season to each have at least 30 quarterback pressures for the same team? Wow. Mm. See? That's a nice number. Nice to hear. Now, we sat here before that first Texans meeting and said that's a makeshift offensive line. They're going to eat, and obviously we know what happened. Yes. I don't think they're viewing this Bengals offensive line as makeshift because all those premier free agents Mm. are still there. But that offensive line is still a weakness. Why? Well, first of all, uh, 
that line is a better run-blocking team than they are a pass-blocking team. I can tell you that right now. And and some of it is because they got some old guys in there, you know, that, that uh, you know, are, are maybe not quite as athletic as they used to be. Mm-hmm. The key to this ball game, in my mind, is we're going to have to, on our side, we're going to have to stop the run. That's, that's the first thing because I want to put the ball in Browning's hands. Browning mm-hmm. has to prove – that he can do it when he has to do it. He's the guy, right? Yep. If they get the running game going uh, with with those receivers that they've got, that just makes it a heck of a lot easier for that kid, right? So I think we can put pressure. But on the other side of the ball, we we have to rush the football because they do have some guys that can rush the passer. So yeah. it's it's one up front. That's to me, is how the game's going to be won on both sides. Yeah, and, and honestly, stopping the run which is what this team has done as good as anything because they give up a lot of passing yards, but it's because they've stopped the run and a lot of balls are in the air. They also make good stops at the goal line too, at least enough of them to win their share of ballgames. Coach, would you have imagined a four-win team this time a year ago is an eight-win team this time around? I think we all projected the wins, well, but just the transformation. Well, first of all, we all, uh, you know, trans, you know, talked about mm-hmm. they were going to win x amount of games and all yeah. that but it's still you know you got to win them on yeah. on sunday or or monday you know you can't you can't you know we 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 prognosticate mm-hmm. but they have to come ready to play and and to me i felt this team was going to be better i mean you know remember they were nine and eight last right yeah so i thought you know this team is definitely they put in place a, a, a team that has a lot of confidence in the way they finished what are they, 13 in the last 16 or yeah. something like that? I'm not sure what yeah, it but is. They're, but they're at eight wins as we touch December. They right. didn't get their ninth until the, the new year last Absolutely. year. Absolutely. And this team has proven that they're one of the better teams in the NFL. If they play like they're capable of playing every week, yeah. I felt all along they could play with anybody. And I mean that. I think if they played San Francisco again under different circumstances, it would be a football game because I think this team can play with anybody, to be honest wow. with you. All right, so then let me ask you this. Okay, so I think it was like 65% of the nation saw that game, the Jags and the Niners. So now everybody's watching this game. This is your national Absolutely. television game. Does that come into play with these guys, with the players in the locker room, when they know that, look, everybody is watching you now. Now it's time to, like, basically put up or shut up. Well, every NFL player... Every NFL coach doesn't want to play on Monday night because he's got to hang around all day. Every NFL player loves to play on Monday night because there's only one left. The only one, I mean, one on, on the docket. Yeah. So everybody yes. in the country is playing. So from an excitement standpoint, both of these teams are going to be excited. What has to happen with our team is that they got to temper the excitement a little bit and make sure they don't try to do more than they're capable of. And I think that's one of the things – Doug Peterson has a great feel for because that's him. You know, every game is the next game, you know, kind of even keeled one way or another. So not in the words of Lawrence Taylor going out there like a wild pack of dogs. No, absolutely not. You have to be, you have to understand that all we have to do is play our best game this week and we're going to win. And by the way, by virtue of playing on Monday night, since I know a couple people are asking about it on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, you do get an extra day of rest. I spoke with Travis Etienne yesterday in the locker room. You can check out that interview on our YouTube channel. And he said that for him, 
with what has been clarified as a rib injury, not a chest injury. It was so paramount that he is getting that extra day of rest, which will give him a better chance to play on Monday. No question about it, and that's a plus. Uh, you know, you could say the same thing about a bye, and we didn't do very well off the that's bye. That's very true. But I will say this. Travis Etienne is going to be a critical uh, piece of this game it. tonight. Uh, Monday night. Monday night, because he they they give up five yards a, a, a carry. Mm-hmm. Well, if we go five yards a carry, we're going to win the football game, in my opinion. So X that, Factor. Yeah. Love it. Absolutely. All right. Tell them, Coach, is what they're saying on XL Primetime on the text line. So you definitely can join in. Hit the text line, 641-1010. Uh, check us out on YouTube, 1010XL, or right here in Mandarin. Players Grill, where the neighborhood meets. You can drop on by. Now, there's a team one of five that are still playing in the postseason. So we're going to say hello to Jamie Rogers, Bradford Tornadoes, just sneak in a little high school talk and set up what's coming up later on right here on the Superstation. It's the high school half hour on XL Primetime, brought to you by Gatorade. Fuel up with Gatorade at your local Winn-Dixie and I-9 Sports, the way youth sports should be. We love our high school half hour. We normally have it on Wednesdays, but we had the J-Fun Radiothon, and we know how important that cause was, so we kind of broke it in half. We said hello to Justin Barney then, but we have to say hello to one of our playoff head coaches that are still alive and say a quick thanks to I-9 Sports. Don't forget, you can log on I-9 Sports with registration for winter and spring going on right now. Throw 1010 in the promo code and get that discount. But Dougie's got all sorts of sports all over the First Coast. They got you covered. And, of course, Gatorade, the proven fuel for high school athletes. Find it at your local Winn-Dixie. Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. So the Bradford Tornadoes are playing on. Jamie Rogers joins us now, and uh, it was uh, we called it the Rogers Bowl this past week. But, look, you guys continue to play well, and now you get to host Pensacola Catholic. Congratulations, Coach. How are you? Hey, man. Uh, thank you. Yeah, we, we're doing good. I uh, appreciate you having us on today. Well, listen, uh, you know, I would think, uh, you know, the stakes are very high. We're going to ask you about the other team, but let's ask you about your team first. There are five schools that are still alive in the postseason, all playing for state titles. Give us a sense of where your team's at mentally coming out of that big win this past week. I think the uh, the experience from last year, uh, making it to this game uh, against Coco and hosting the game against Coco here, falling a little bit short. Uh, the game was tied 21 all in the fourth quarter last year, and, and we made a couple mistakes. I think that experience is huge. Um, been very focused. Uh, it's been a great week of practice. They're actually getting ready for a for a pet rally right now. Um, there was so many people in the community called and said, "Hey, you mind if we come up there during the pet rally because it's during school?" Last period of the day, they've moved it outside to the stadium, which is awesome. Nice. <laughs> so, Jamie, last six games of the season, you've outscored people 232 to 10. Four shutouts. As a coach, Jamie, how do you keep your guys from looking at what you both you, both these teams are careening toward the inevitable, the rematch with Coco? How do you focus on Pensacola right now, Pensacola Catholic? Oh yeah, it's, uh, well that's easy. They're really they're really good. Um, it's the biggest uh, <laughs> it's the it's the biggest uh, team that I've seen in quite some time uh, as far as across the board, offensive line, defensive line. They're, uh, they're five offensive linemen and they're two tight ends. They play probably average uh, 6'2", 285. Somewhere across there, there there's multiple 300-pounders wow. in those seven. And then what they've done lately is they've changed their offense to more of a downhill wildcat-type look where they just snap it to their best athletes. And they have three up-backs um, up there that are all 
either defensive ends or linebackers. They're all big kids. I mean, it's a, it, it, it's going to be a test. They've scored tons of points um, in this package throughout, but it used to be just a third down or a short yardage package, and they go to it inside the 10 or on fourth and two or whatever, but now it's there every down. They were in it 55 times last week against Florida High. So, uh, yeah, there's no overlooking from our guys. We talked to them about how physical it is, but we got a physical bunch too. So, uh, it, it's this going to be probably the – this going to be the most physical game in the state tonight. I, I got to tell you, Jamie, we're sitting here with Super Bowl winning coach Dave Campo, who is going to ask you a question here in a second. And as Matt okay. rattled off those stats for your last four games – and allowing just 10 points in those last four games. And, Coach, that included a 43 nothing shutout victory over rival Baker County last week. Coach is just looking, and his eyes are growing wider and wider and wider. You mentioned how this will be the most physical game in the state tonight. Give some love to your defense, because I know maybe we talk so much about, you know, some of the offensive showing because that's just the nature of football in, in 2023. Yeah. That's what sells tickets. But your defense yeah. is the backbone of this team, is it not? A thousand percent. Over the last two years, it's been uh, – I, I, I'm usually scared to talk about it a whole lot because I've never seen anything like it. But I've had good defenses in the past, and, and by trade, I'm a defensive guy. I came up under Coach John as a defense coordinator, so that's kind of that's kind of what I love. But, uh, I mean, there was – had not the young guys played uh, a ton over the last couple of years. I, out of the 27 games that we played, there probably could have been 22 shutouts. Probably something like that. If the if the youngsters hadn't played in the fourth quarter, which is fine, they practice. They need to play too. But uh, the kids on that side of the ball are unreal. Um, their preparation, the way they watch film, um, the way they want to be involved in the team, the way they ask questions. They'll call me on the weekends, coach. You see this formation? Something we hadn't talked about yet, or we hadn't seen previously this year. Uh, what are, how we're going to line up. And when you got that, you got something special because that's not the norm these days. That's probably not even the norm in college and NFL, I wouldn't think, for, to have somebody. These kids think about it 24-7. They, they, don't, they don't like giving up first downs, much less touchdowns. And, and that's, a special, that's a special 11 to be around. Coach, uh, this is Dave Campo. Uh, these guys are really the guys that are the question answer uh, asking guys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a comment. Uh, okay. You should be, you should be. I'm sure you're extremely proud of, of what you've accomplished with this team to this point. I was fortunate enough to be around in a state high school championship, uh, a national championship, and three Super Bowl championships. And the one I enjoyed the most was the high school championship because of the kids that you have. Tell us just a little bit about your kids. What, what, what? How excited are they for this ball game? Um. I, I can't tell you the, the the interaction that we've had today. Every kid I see, it's a coach. You ready? And you know, I give it back to them or, or what have you. And then, and then all of a, all of a sudden they start talking about, uh, coach. It's going to be a physical one tonight. This hey, we gotta we gotta make sure we line up properly. Are we going to watch some film before we go out pregame? Are we going to watch film before or after we eat pregame meal? All those kind of things. And for, as a coach, as you know. Um, there's nothing better than when, when a team's fully bought in, and those guys are so bought in on that side of the ball. Um, they love to be physical. They love to run around. They love they love to hit people. They love the violence of it on defense, and, and that's what it is. We, we kid ourselves a lot of times, but football's a violent game, and, and these guys are all about it. Well, listen, Jamie, best of luck. Tell everybody what they need to know. The ones that are already in the know are already on your campus, but anybody else that you want to know as far as what's going to go on. Oh, it's seven thirty tonight. It's a, 
if anybody that has not that's in the area that's within you know hour an hour and a half even a couple hour drive if they really knew what the atmosphere here is like um it's second to none uh the community goes all out it'll be from 10 yard line to 10 yard line will be packed in our bleachers it'll be two and three standing room deep only around the fence the entire field um the fireworks, the, the pregame video, everything that, that that our community makes or does to uh, to show our kids the love. It, 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 it's really been something that uh, it's been something that's been special to be a part of. Well, listen, enjoy it, soak it up, uh, as you said. The kids are as well, and all of Bradford's fired up for it. Uh, best of luck, Coach. Thank you, guys. Thanks, uh, Josie, for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, so it's Pensacola Catholic at Bradford, and as we said, they get the rematch with Coco if it goes down. Now, real quick, before we get back to the Jags, Fort Myers Dunbar is at St. Augustine High. That is a 7.30 kick, and the, the, the foots, as I like to call it, the Brumley, uh, that's the stadium there. It will be absolutely packed. Mandarin on the road taking on Monarch, a 7.30 kick. Uh, Bowles is at Miami, New Orleans. That's what you're going to hear, um, you know, like with all the coverage that's going on. Fat Tony made his way down there. Right. Uh, Hacker, after uh, the, the end of the night with Rick Ballou, Hacker from 8 to 10 will have all sorts of updates as far as these games are concerned. And so you got Bowles at Miami, New Orleans, and then Trinity Christian at Clearwater Central Catholic. No Friday Night Lights, though. Yep, yep. Just That's for the, the listeners. Way, yeah. yep. And so that way he'll, he'll be all over it. Right, you know? exactly. And he'll be on 8 to 10. And, of course, you can follow the 1010XL social channels. We'll have a whole lot more there. Again, five teams in our area still alive for state championships, two of them at home. I know a lot of the Florida Times Union boys, they were, they were huddling up yesterday <laughs> at the Jags because yeah. it was all right. Who's got to make the trip to Stark? And I turned around and I said, make the trip to Stark. Do you realize what you're about to be witness to? Oh, yeah, it's awesome. You it's just awesome. heard Jamie, most physical game in the state tonight. Yeah, yeah. Hit the Sunnies while you're down there, too. All right, let's, uh, head, let's head back into our Jaguars conversation <laughs> with head coach Dave Campo as we're hanging out at the Mandarin Players Grill right here on San Jose where the neighborhood meets. The Big Hair Heavy Metal Friday on XL Primetime. Got a boy, JJ. Tatted up, DJ. I love it. Although he's got his camera off on the he live does have the camera He's right had it now, off all day. Right now he should have the big hair heavy metal wig on just banging to the air guitar. How do you uh, know he's not? Because I know. look, it's a giant black. Oh, that's true. Yeah. He may be behind the camera. Yeah, come on, bro. We're on the big screen, JJ, here at uh, the Players Grill. So you need to tighten up a little bit. Tighten up. Tighten up. All right. Um, let's spend the last bit of time that we have on the NFL as a whole. Coach, did you watch that game last night? I did, absolutely. Okay. So, look, I, I loved it. If you pinball me up and down the field, if you big play me, if you DK Metcalf me for three scores, I mean, I loved it. There wasn't a whole hell of a lot of defense. There wasn't a whole lot of Dave Campo, uh, you know, defense that you would like to see out there. But right. still, how good is Dallas in your mind? Because that was a big argument we had earlier in the show. Well, I think Dallas is good. I think they have as, you know, player-wise, they're good enough to go all the way. Will they is the answer. And I think that they've been in that position a few other times here recently. But it's been 30 years since the last one. So, you know, I think they're they're one of the probably seven teams maybe that have a shot to go all the way. Mm-hmm. And, and it just depends on how they play from game to game. I think uh, it was it – was, uh, it was kind of a, a, a really good uh, show for Dak. I, I thought Dak handled yeah. himself really well in the game. 
which he has had a problem with in some games right. where it was a struggle. Uh, and I think it was kind of a humbling game for some guys that were, were great pass rushing and were great covering at, with the Cowboys, and they, and they didn't perform last night. So it, it's a, it, in a lot of ways, it's a little bit of a, a, a wake-up call for the Cowboys, even though they won the football game. I'll tell you what, those last two series, they played well on defense. They did. They, yep. they got after on that last It also helps that Micah Parsons so, came off unblocked on the final play. Well, I, I, they, I, I can't believe what they did. They, they had the back coming across to block him. He couldn't get there. I got ran untouched. Right. Like, I mean, the, hey. the fourth down play in the previous series yeah. was a really good play. Um, yeah. So we were talking about this earlier in the show, and I, and I spoke to you about it on, at the break. <clears throat> we're talking about Dak getting pays, the, the highest paid player in the league in, in four months. And your response was, you almost have to do it, right? Right. That's, that, you know, the quarterback position is so important. I mean, you know, you can take a stand, but if the guy sits out, you're probably not going to, do very well so when you got a guy that you think can take you all away Mm -hmm. which they do i I can guarantee i know the i know the organization they feel that dak prescott is good enough to take them all the way do you think he's good enough let me ask you that well i I don't know that he's he hasn't shown it in the in the games that are really important when they get into the playoffs but as far as he's going to keep them in the in the loop Every year, right? And if you're in the loop every year, you got a chance. It comes down to, you know, mm-hmm. are you there? Once you get in the playoffs, it's all about what happens that day. And so, it's a slotting system. If this guy, Deshaun Watson, it's irritated just... every owner in football because he did what he did with with uh, with Deshaun. Yeah, you might even say Cleveland ir- irritated every other owner. That, that's no, yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying that's what I meant. Because they guaranteed him all that money. Yeah, no, that's what I, that's what yeah. I meant. Yeah. In other words, not him, yeah. the, the organization for, for what they did financially. Yeah. That kicked that <laughs> thing up way up there. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so once one guy's there, if you've got a guy that you think has got a chance, you've got to go up there. You can't, you can't look, do anything else. And look, Deshaun Watson's hurt right now. But before he got hurt, who was playing better ball, Dak or Deshaun? I, I think yeah. we know the answer. It's a pretty yeah. easy answer. Yeah. And so you've got to pay the guy that you've got. Otherwise, you don't have the guy. Absolutely. So as of this writing, Coach, Dak Prescott has the second best odds to win the regular season MVP award behind only Jalen Hurts and trailing closely behind at plus 410 is Patrick Mahomes. At plus 510, Lamar Jackson. At plus 840, Tua Tagovailoa. My question for you is, why are the first nine names, or actually seven names, I should say, seven names I see on this betting odds, according to my bookie, why are they all quarterbacks? Well, I mean. Because for well, me, and that was I'm the argument perfect. I tried to make in the, in, in the first segment, I don't think Tua is as good as he is if he doesn't have Tyreek Hill. I'm not sure Dak is able to create as many opportunities as he has been able to if he doesn't have C.D. Lamb. And I think the reason the Cleveland Browns find themselves, at least in this writing, in the, in the playoff picture, is because of Miles Garrett. It's not how good the guy is there. It's if you don't have one. That's the issue. You know, in right, other then words, where are you? Everybody right? looks at that position, and I'm a perfect one to ask because I didn't have a quarterback. I didn't have a yeah. quarterback. We had a defense that could play with anybody in the league the whole time I was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we didn't have a, a guy that could do it. Troy Aikman wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame if it wasn't for Larry Allen blocking for him, if it wasn't for Michael Irvin and, and Harper catching the ball and Novacek and Emmett Smith running the ball. That's always going to be the case. But if you, 
if you don't have one of those guys, yeah. there's somebody there that might be close that can do it. At the quarterback position, if you don't have that guy, mm-hmm. there's nobody close that can that can do yeah, it. Yeah, like so, the, the, the cheetah has made both guys he's played with abs- better, absolutely. no question, but they still got to get it if done. If it comes down to it again uh, in Miami, if it comes down to whether or not they have to let Cheetah go yeah. or Taggy – Tagovailoa, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheetah's going. Yeah, exactly. That's okay, the way it'll be. That's just the way it is. Yeah, Tua wins that argument. The quarterback wins that argument. Let's hit a that back at JJville real fast. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So as much as Mike Norvell won't reveal things to Warchant or our very own Rick Ballou, <laughs> uh, a spokesperson for FSU has met with ESPN ahead of tomorrow's ACC championship game and said that the team continues to go through the process, assuming that's the concussion protocol, with Tate Rodemaker. Quote, we will see what that means for Saturday. And so officially, he has not been a full participant any day this week and is a game day decision tomorrow night. uh, It's not even a game day. It's a game time decision. Uh, when you see, you'll see both of them in warmups, and you know it. You know it, Matt. You will see them. You both know what? In I don't care who plays quarterback. The Knowles are going to ugly it up. They're going to win that game. Yeah, uh, they're going to play great D, ugly it up, and it, win. Look, it. it would be great if that happened. I be- I believe two undefeated teams are going down tomorrow, tonight, and tomorrow because I believe Washington loses, and I believe Louisville beats FSU. But yeah. but that's only because FSU is not at full strength. That's the only reason. If FSU wins that game. Without Rodemaker, with the third quarterback, or whoever the other guy is that would have Glenn, to play, yeah. Yeah. that scares me to death about the Cincinnati Bengals. I can mm-hmm. tell you that right now. Yeah, it's a good way to put it. Because because it, it will be because they have championship DNA throughout yeah. the football and, team. And, and they by, got a good D. Yeah. And by the way, Coach, Florida State has all the other things that we talk about that you need. Right. Star receivers, really good running back, right. very good front, yep. playmakers on the defensive yep. side, front and back, you know, all that stuff. Special teams, they've got that too. Yeah, Matt said it earlier. They've got probably, uh, what, 10 drop they got at picks? least 12. 10 or 12. 10 yeah. or 12. 10 to 12. Right. And, and, and look, right. I, would, I, I like the story that Jeff Brom represents at Louisville, but – what happened to them last week has got to concern the heck out of you if you're that a That was the fan. only reason I debated picking Louisville yeah. tomorrow is yeah. because they clearly have a sour taste in their mouth after losing to their rival. Yeah. That's yeah. the only reason I was like, oh, do I really want to pick Florida State right now? Guys, if you want to see uh, what's going to happen this weekend, mm-hmm. you know, Monday, watch that game because you'll, you'll get an idea what it's like to have a, a, a bunch of a firepower without the – the number one guy at quarterback yeah. because yeah. I, I'm this is going to be a heck of a game on Monday night with the Bengals and, the, and Jacksonville. Jacksonville's got to come ready to play, which I believe they will. And I do like that stat earlier with the number of pressures that both uh, Trayvon and Josh Allen add up right. to. I like that. I right. also like this stat. Uh, Coach, don't worry. We won't have to muck it up on Monday night. Uh, mm-hmm. 12% chance of rain, mostly sunny, 74 degrees. Perfect. That's yeah. my kind of day. Yeah, but he was talking about a different muck it up. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, uh, with, with, with maybe a different letter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but just to kind of put it in perspective, we mentioned Monday night, and we will all be jacked that. up. We will all be jacked up for Monday night. Not since 2011 has this team played a Monday night game. And the last time they played it, by the way, I want to say I'm almost 100%. It was Philip Rivers' birthday. And he, I know he torched him, but I'm pretty sure he did it on his birthday. Anyway, it was pointed out on the text line. Last time Jags had Monday night, 
Trevor was 12 years old. Oh, boy. That is something. Well, that I, tells it, you the journey that this franchise has been on to get back. If, if the brigade is any indication yeah. that I went to last year for yeah. the playoff and the, and the Titans game, yeah. the fans will be ready. Oh, they'll be ready. Let's make sure that the team is ready. Yeah, uh, they'll be ready. I, I, I talked to my man, D. Steph, at Southampton. He is right there at that gate when tailgaters <laughs> opens. He's ready to pull in. He's got a playlist coming down the hard bridge and everything. So they're all going to be fired up. Alright, we will say hello to the Frangie Show. They are also out on location ready to just t- soak up the vibe heading into what should be a great football weekend. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL talking with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet. Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. So we got the embedded and shredded uh, set up at one of his familiar haunts, Island Wings, right there on Southside Boulevard, ready to rock and roll. Hayes, Carline joins us now. What is up, buddy? What is going on? Are you guys getting fired up for the weekend? Dude, totally. this is – if we talk about, like, the whole, like, from Friday night through Saturday into Sunday and then Monday, yeah, this is going to be pretty nice. good football, man. It's, uh, it's going to be a great 72 hours. And, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to breaking it all down on the Frangie Show. We will certainly get into all things uh, conference title game related. We're really looking forward to that. Uh, Jeff Dandler is going to join us for our Wolseley Morecambe uh, college football report. We certainly will look forward to that. We'll talk tons of Jaguars as if we get ready for that Monday night tilt against Cincinnati. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're here at Island Wings on the south side. So come uh, say hello to us. Have some, uh, some great wings. Some coconut and? shrimp, some salmon. There it is. <laughs> there it is. I got to ask Carlion um, because I was debating this with Bo Valentine. I'm curious, and a couple of others too. I mentioned this to Graham Marsh as well. Sunday, no Jags. Are you locked in on all the other NFL games, or or how do you spend this weird Sunday that we haven't had since 2011? Sands the Jaguars because they're playing the next day. Yeah, it's going, to be, uh, it's going to be fun, I think, watching and, and seeing kind of what goes on around. I'm curious in Houston, Denver, because I think if Denver beats Houston, then uh, you really start to feel good about things. Not that you, you should already feel good about it, but now you're really starting to think of, is this going to be just a runaway? Uh, you know, particularly if the Titans can also beat the Colts. Again, not that the Colts are a, a, that big of a threat, but, but look, you'd love, you'd love to see that X next to the Jaguars before any other team in the league. And there's a chance they're going to clinch this thing early. Hey, again, let Denver beat Houston. If the Jaguars are able to beat Cincinnati, which obviously I think they will, I, you know, this, this thing could start getting out of hand pretty quick, which would be a great thing. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun watching on Sunday. No drama, just enjoying the games. And I think we're going to need it because I think Saturday with everything going on in the college football world, I think that is going to be an intense day of watching football so Sunday will be good to be able to take a breath before we get fired up again on Monday night all right young brother we will be listening this afternoon the Francis show ready to rock and roll island wings over there on Southside Boulevard thank you dude thank you all right Hayes Frank I think Lauren is off today yes she has a wedding today. yeah and then RJ coming up Uh, all right so let's do our takeaway now, today's takeaways brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. Oh, you're going to put Coach on the yeah, spot first? Coach oh, on the spot. I was prepared to go uh, first, but let well, Coach go. Well, stop the run. Run. Don't turn the ball over. And we're going to be a very happy group on Monday night.
All right. I like that, Coach. Uh, I think you also will like the poor till they score that they do here at Players Girl that I did not know about until today. Although I think this Monday night, that free uh, Miller light, that, that's probably going to be for about mm, four minutes until the Jaguars march down the field and score. After, of course, a three and out by the Jaguars defense. Uh, my, my takeaway is I think you all might be surprised, but no matter what happens anywhere else, if the Knowles win, they're in. They're in. All right, so I'll use that transfer my takeaway. I was going to go with something else, but I got two Knowles fans that are sitting over there with cold beers in their hands, and they're like, you know what? We're okay with it. We're at peace with it. It was a great run. If it doesn't Set the happen, bar low so yeah. you feel better if it, if it happens. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. I'm like, bros, I said, you guys had a great quarterback, and I hated to see him go down. I really did. I think it ends, but Matt. These Matt, are administrators yeah. you're dealing with, okay, yeah. all these people, most yeah. of them. Yeah. They're not going to let an unbeaten team I, knock it in. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. We'll see. I think two unbeatens go down this weekend, which takes care of a lot of problems. All right, that is it. We are done. J.J. has begun the anthem, Big Air Heavy Metal. We say thanks to Phil and Megan, everybody here at Players Grill Mandarin. Don't forget you got all the Players Grills that you can enjoy throughout uh, your football weekend here, Miramar and Oakley. But we are done. Joe C., me, O'Brien, Matty Hayes, Coach Campo, Big and We say thanks to John Party for making it happen here. And then back to J.J. Bill we go. Come on, Joe. That ain't good enough. Gotta snap the blood out my mouth. Let's go, baby. Whoa!